I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 67. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, the podcast where we talk all the things that we are watching on television this week. Me and Merlin are so excited to be providing you with another episode. Um, we got a lot of great things to talk about and some great people to talk to as well. But before mm. we get into any of that, we have some housekeeping notes to get out of the way first, as we always do. First, uh, take the time right now as you are listening. If you can go, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you are listening. And please, please, please leave a rating or a review on the podcast. Um, it's so crucial to us because both of the fact that it helps us get into the algorithm and helps us to get seen by more and more people, but also it gives us necessary feedback of what you guys want to see on the show, certain things you like, certain things you don't like. We are very appreciative of feedback. So uh, be sure to do that right now and go leave that rating and a review because it is so, so helpful. Uh, you can also follow us on our social media platforms, all at a gay and it's MB, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, as well as some of our instant thoughts of everything that we are watching. Like we mentioned, that it's all over at a gay and his NB across platforms. Uh, speaking of other platforms, there's merchandise platforms. You can check out a gay and his NB threadless.com where we have a variety of different designs that you can get on different items, including t-shirts and mugs and stickers and everything in between. They're really cool designs that we really love. And we really would love for you to rep us in any way that you can. So be sure to do that over at againitsmb.threadless.com. And finally, if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to the social media accounts that we had just listed or over at againitsmb at gmail.com. Uh, include your name and, and any information and, and all that stuff. And we may answer any of those questions on a future episode of the podcast babe what do we have in store this episode we have a lot um so uh we are going to uh talk the second half of the season for dancing with the stars including the finale we were so excited to uh to watch that this year and uh support our girl ariana so um, we will be talking about all of those details. Uh, we were all we're also going to be talking about all things drag race. A lot There's of a, drag race stuff. This a week. lot of drag race stuff. We've got um, the finale for Drag Race UK. So we'll be talking about uh, the whole season. Really, um, we'll be you know maybe touching on a little bit of Drag Race Canada. Um, and then we also had the Meet the Queens come out for season sixteen of RuPaul's Drag Race um, US. So uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit as well. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about Married to Medicine, and we are going to have a lovely, lovely special guest, and that is Sel Brooks from the Who Asked Her podcast. Who Asked Me. Who Asked Me but who podcast. Who Asked Her. Who Asked Her. Uh, well, we did, and that's why she's going to be with us here today. <laughs> ain't, ain't proper nouns fun. <laughs> <laughs> ain't proper nouns fun. Um Anyway, uh, but before we get to that, let's uh, let's head on over to Hoville. Yes, House of Villains for this week. We've done the Hoville. I, I really, I think that needs to get more traction online. To be honest, because it's, it's a logical step. Like, everyone's just using that like House of hashtag House of Villains, and I think Hoville is way funnier, way way better, way funner. <laughs> Wave butter. We're creating new words here today. Also, the amount of time it me. I, the amount of time I've misspelled the word villains as well, and so because you would think like you can't remember if it's like a or for before I or I before a. it's it's a mess. I say it in my brain as villains, villains, because it's AI in yeah yeah. yeah. It, it always catches me. Um, but yes, the newest episode of House of Villains for this week. We are back. Uh, this was a really 
fucking good episode. So I, good. Like, I, we, we, we've been saying we've been loving this series so far just in general. But, like, this episode in particular, I was like, this is so fucking good and entertaining. And, yeah. like, it's everything you, I wanted in these, like, shows. Like, it's, like, it, it's... We talk about it's like a parody in certain ways. Like it hits on a lot of old tropes of like these kind of shows. But like in this episode, I would say really embodied that. We'll get to it. But like they're just bringing it and they're kind of just giving the people what they want at the end of the day, which I really love. Yeah, it it really does have the vibes of the old um, VH1 reality shows. Mm -hmm. I I mean, the house definitely reflects that sort of vibe, right? Oh, yeah. It's like some random, like, Airbnb. It's definitely like a McMansion sort of feel, which you always had with, like, the Flavor of Loves and all of those. So it definitely gives that nostalgic feel. Um, Love it. Absolutely stunning. Anyway, this week, what what happened on Whoville? Yeah, so we're coming off of the elimination of Corinne. Uh, Tanisha was saved uh, with a um, unanimous vote. Um, I, I love the just the scene of Joel as they were already have like left the um, the land. What do they call it though? It's the fortress. Something. The fortress. I think something. I, oh, the stronghold. That's what stronghold. it is. Stronghold. It could be <laughs> the soundstage that they they place on. Um, the soundstage that we are led to believe is behind a, uh, a, a moving bookcase. bookcase in the kitchen, which is totally real. I mean, you know, what house doesn't have like a you know? Oh, it's especially a McMansion. Yeah. Um, but I love Joel being like, Corinne, do you still have any oxygen back there? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> oh God. But basically, like I mentioned, it was a unanimous of, uh, vote. And Fisa kind of talks about how she kind of wanted to save Corinne. But when she realized all the house was going in one direction to save Tanisha, she just went with the house. And so kind of, I, I think worked in that regard. I ended up liking Corinne, but I'm glad Tanisha stayed at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely prefer Tanisha over Corinne. But I but then it just immediately starts getting great because like they're all like celebrating with Tanisha like we're glad that you're here. Tanisha's like thank guys. Amorosa just storming up the stairs and then we cut to her confessional and the producers goes, "All right, let's talk about the tambourine." And Amorosa goes, "It's very traumatic even now." And this was, I this is like I talked about the old tropes. This is a classic one for me, and this is so Amorosa and and everything. I couldn't help but laugh. The entire fucking time. So now Omarosa is now going off about how when the uh, the choir came in to sing and all that stuff, and she joined along and she was banging the pots and pans. Like at one point, you see like Tanisha like jokingly like swipe towards her with her tambourine towards her. Doesn't even touch her. Like emphasis on towards her. She felt nothing but wind off of that thing. Yeah. And so now she, but it was so perfect. She was that she's only bringing this up now. Oh yeah. I think they showed like her like getting upset maybe like right after it happened, but like it's kind of, there was nothing talked about it until now because now that Tanisha's saved now she's like, well, I can get her out this way. Maybe if I like threaten and pull essentially a Karen fit. I mean, who better to do that in this house than Omarosa? Yeah. Omarosa's like, everyone came to me and sa- say that they saw me, uh, her hit me. And then they, uh, they show again the footage not found because it didn't happen. <laughs> She's like, I mean, the only one who was willing to admit it was Bobby. And they cut to Bobby's confessional. No tampering hit her. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get these editors on, like... Housewives. Like housewives yes. and drag race? Like, because some of the bullshit that happens on there, and it's like... 
404 file not found because it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, but we see her literally essentially going into like video village, like the where right by the yeah. bar there's that door and it's clearly like where all the cameras are stashed. And she's like, I want my phone right now. I don't want to be in a small room with her. She's dangerous. She's gonna <laughs> <laughs> It was premeditated. It was like <laughs> She's just like hitting all the buzzwords and it's, yeah, it's great. She's literally then gets on the phone with her attorneys and for like hours, like the timeline, like keeps like, she's just in the bathroom, just like ranting about the attorneys and how she's going to sue and all that shit. I, I swear, Omarosa spent more time on the phone with her, like one attorney than Lisa Barlow did calling her six attorneys about Jen last season. Right. It was ridiculous. I think, but I think what made this moment so good and like where I didn't take it seriously or I was, cause I've seen these moments that when they've happened before, sometimes you can get really pissed. Cause it's like this evil person trying to fuck with like the yeah. system or whatever. But the, the best part is that the producers aren't even like playing along oh, with her. Yeah. She's like, I, I need distance from her. I need a 10 feet a distance. And they're like, can we do like five? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, sure. Fine. She's got short arms. You're fine. <laughs> The best part, though, was to, so they have to bring Tanisha into the room to, like, basically, to, and Tanisha apologizes to her or whatever. Because Tanisha didn't even take it seriously either, because it's like, girl, it's, yeah, it's so crazy. And then I love she tells everyone downstairs in the kitchen, that like, she's like, he's like, restraining order. She's got restraining order on me. And Bananas goes, restraining order? Man, we're definitely getting a second season. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Um, but then, so, it's so weird. I love how Omarosa just gives the fucking game up because then, like, they're all just by the fire outside. Like, everything's calmed down. And Omarosa just sits by Tanisha by choice. Like, she's just, like, doesn't even give, like, the rules are just, they, there's no acknowledgement for the rest of this episode about this, like, five-foot mandatory distance right. or whatever. And Omarosa drops it like that when she realizes she's not getting anything out of it. Oh, well, but she... Like, then literally goes the next day to get a oh, wrist brace. I cannot. I love when she literally, she walks down into the, um, to everyone. Cause, well, she texts the producer basically being like, I want to go to urgent care the next morning. <laughs> Wild. And then she literally comes out and goes, Hey guys, I have to get this x rayed because I was bashed on the back of the hand with a tambourine violin yesterday. <laughs> I'll see you guys in a little bit. <laughs> Bananas that literally goes, we'll be praying for you. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's like, yeah, it's like the right amount of like non-seriousness. Oh yeah. Which, which is such a, such a benefit for the show. Um, they also, so before also we wake up the next morning, they, again, I really feel like those like knitted dolls of everyone's mm-hmm. going like, to come into play. Cause they keep like making an emphasis whenever someone gets eliminated that like something happened to the dolls. They do another one of those fucking full music videos with Johnny Bananas called Corinne's Demise. And it's like, he's like swinging around the doll, like in the like classic, like holding by the hands and swinging thing. I like, love this shit. It's, it's really like, like you mentioned before, like, is that Joel McHale effect of oh, like, yeah. those elements? I don't know if he's a producer on the show. It just feels like it. Like, oh, he has to be. I mean, clearly. Or at least that somebody who is a producer, like knows like that, knows that style of comedy and stuff like that. Um, we, uh, we come, uh, also to Fairway or, or Fairplay, excuse me, my notes autocorrected. <laughs> Fairplay's talking about how, you know, 
and this was also the big narrative that kept being built up, which was that, you know, I wanted, you know, to win Supervillains of the Week this week because, you know, I've never won a challenge on Survivor. I've never gotten individual immunity. Like, it's really important to me to sort of, like, have this moment to, like, you know, prove that I can actually, like, accomplish things other than just, like, being a dickhead villain. And, like, this was also, like, this was a level of camp as well to the show because we've talked about it, how it just feels like there's not a lot of stakes on this show. Right. And right. Like, so it's like when fair play is like playing up this like investment of like being this, like really, really devoted into like getting a win here. It's like, okay, are you, are you playing it up? Like, I, I still am not, I don't know what you thought about like whether he was actually being genuine or not, whether he was trying to play some kind of like game or something. Uh, I I don't take anything on this show seriously. Sure. Like, nobody's doing anything seriously. They know it's a full-on joke. It's full-on... I couldn't tell because there's a... We'll get to it later, but the part where he, like, breaks down and, like, sort of is really upset. Like, he kind of almost had, like, a smirk in a certain sense. So, like, I wasn't sure what that was. Like, like I couldn't, they never outrightly said, like, he never outrightly, like, said in the confessionals, I'm faking. But, like, I almost got that sense in a, into, in a certain respect. Yeah. Um, wildly, um, Joel McHale is not a producer on this show. He is literally just the host. Well, that, but, but, again, the person who cast Joel McHale to be the host of this knows what show it is. Like, I think. It has to be. Or maybe they were, like, one of his producers on The Soup or whatever. Yeah, and it's E, so it's like they've, there's probably like similar there's similar sensibilities in terms of that. Um, they all walk downstairs uh, because Eva's called them for their challenge essentially, and there's basically I thought this was a very interesting challenge. So there's a briefcase with like a handcuff on the handle, and then the other uh, side of the handcuff, and Joel projects it with like a video message to basically explain the challenge to them, and the challenge is called Power Trip, where essentially. They start with one person who is going to have the ha- the briefcase handcuffed to them. They do it, like, with a random ball draw where, like, one ball mm-hmm. is colored and the rest aren't. And basically that person then gets to choose who they pass the the um, briefcase onto. That goes until everyone's eliminated and the last person with the briefcase wins. They say wins, but they, right. everyone's assuming, rightfully so, that it's like you win this, you become the supervillain. Um, I thought this was actually – I was like – oh, this is kind of a low-rent challenge initially, but then when they were starting to play out, I was like, oh, this actually can be interesting. It can involve some strategy. I just think that it's pretty obvious how things are going to go. Right. Um. So it's... While there is some strategy, it's very, like, low tension. There's no suspense to it. Sure. I think what helped was I thought I thought they were going to have to just do it on the fly, like one after the other, but no, it was like you had the chance to move about the house and sort of like get into these like groupings yeah. and like have these discussions of like, okay, well if you give it to this person, how are they going to then give it to whatever so we can like ping pong it in the right direction mm-hmm. essentially. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was different, which, which I appreciated. Um, but basically so how it goes is that Anfisa gives it to Tanisha, Tanisha to Amorosa. Amorosa then gives it to Shake, and then Shake gives it to Bobby. So Bobby's the one ending up deciding between the two. Um, but he, but there's, I, they've already made it clear that Fairplay, Fairplay's made it clear they wanted to win. And also, Bobby, Bobby is Fairplay's uh, roommate, which keeps getting brought up like multiple times. Like on this, right. it's like you're my roommate. I'm not turning against my roommate. I'm like. <laughs> is it is it that is there so little that of like you know 
I guess. Of ways in which to sort of like find alliances. But I mean, it, it's not the first time it's come up, right? Like Corinne and Tiffany were, were paired together because they were roommates. Right. And it's like, why does that matter? Yeah. I don't. I don't know why that matters, but anyway. But anyways, he decides to give it to to um, Bananas, who then gives the fair play. So fair play ends up winning. Everyone's cheering and excited for him. He's emotional, and then of course he opens the briefcase, and J- they have an iPad in the briefcase with Joel's uh, video on again, which I thought was. I was like, oh, at least he kind of you know made it look interesting in that regard. It didn't feel as low budget as right. the, as this show normally feels, and basically tells fair play. So there's a twist. You're not the super villain of the week, actually. But you get to decide who is. Ah! <laughs> and you get an hour. And so he's, like I mentioned, he's like fully dejected. He's like, I need five minutes. Like, yo, this is so fucked up. Like, <laughs> fucking crying behind the bushes. Uh, hey, and, you still won the challenge. Sure. It was just a reward challenge. It wasn't an immunity challenge. There you go. Uh, fair play, uh, basically is, so basically he has an hour. You can have these discussions about who, who, um, you're going to give the uh, super villain of the week to, um, he's talking with Bobby, Bobby's basically telling Bobby, like, are you fine? Like, if I give it to you, will you make sure that the nominations are in FISA, Tanisha and shake? And he goes, absolutely. <laughs> of course, <laughs> this is where I'll start. Like, this was Bobby's episode. Yeah. Bobby was so fucking funny this episode. Oh, I, yeah. I found him so entertaining and really got, I, I loved his character also in the structure of the game as this like chaos agent. Yeah. You really saw it on full display where he's like, I'll do literally fucking anything. You can't, and <laughs> there's no yeah. way to predict. Well, and the thing is, is that he was funny and he was coming off as chaotic to the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. But really and truly, he was being very meticulous about the moves he was making. Yeah. And you you can see, like, he's actually starting to get into the actual villain role. There was a thought in everything that he was doing. It, right. While it was, because sometimes it wasn't successful. Like, sometimes right. it was like, but like, there was sort of, a, I could see like what the strategy was. And I was like, oh, bitch clocked in today. <laughs> Um, Bananas uh, uh, tries to uh, tell Flair Play, like, you know, you have to go with Tanisha, but Tanisha is struggling with, like, well, you, I have to put up either Bananas or Bobby, essentially, is the option that they give. And right. She, and she's like, I can't put up Bananas, essentially. Um, Bananas doesn't trust Bobby, but Fair Play is like, you know, he hasn't gone against me, and Bananas is like, he hasn't had the chance to. This was also like the I, the Bananas element to Bobby was also a good, interesting dynamic because mm-hmm. Bananas knew what was going to happen essentially to a certain extent. Right. Like bananas was just like, he's literally, it's been fun enough with him now, but once you give this dude any sense of power, it's going to be a fucking mess. Oh yeah. And so you can't trust him, but fair play thinks otherwise and tries to get him and Bobby to like squash it between the two of them and uh, has him basically promise to go with the plan. And B- B- bananas is essentially like, look, you put me on the hit list. I'm coming for fair play essentially, which to me, I think only incentivized Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, cool. Awesome. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So B- fair play ends up choosing Bobby. Um, and so that this is where all the machinations start, uh, sort of moving. Um, Bananas is uh, immediately, all, although frustrated with fair play, he kind of realizes at this point, like he's kind of a floater at this point. He's moving between the two sides of the house, and like I can't really trust to sort of keep him in long in long term because, right. you know, 
Um, I did like how though, like there was a later point where he then like makes the point of like, I'm going to assure him though, that I, me and him are good because if Bobby's going to fuck me over, I need, and put me up, I need his votes. Mm-hmm. Bananas I think is by far in the way, the best game player this season. Yeah. Like in terms of like, um, like everyone's making moves mm-hmm. to where like, if like, say like how we talk about with survivor, like building a resume, right? Like. There's resumes that other people have, but I think Bananas is the most, like, he's he's thinking two or three more steps ahead as opposed to everyone else. Right. Who's kind of a little more thinking in the moment. Um, yeah, so, oh, oh, and this was great. So Bobby then decides to throw a pride party for everyone to, to <laughs> um, celebrate his win. Um, the mask is chaos. And I will say, so he, he's bananas like, okay, but only if you get me in the dragon, Bobby's like, absolutely. I was planning on doing it anyway. <laughs> and I, I typically hate straight drag, like, like straight men being like, I'm going to dress in drag. Isn't that funny? I will say, I thought bananas committed very well. Yes. He definitely has sort of, I don't watch a lot of the challenge, um, and his vibe, but he definitely has that comfortability. Right. Not too overly masculine to where he's like right. so self conscious. Right. It it didn't come off as straight man making fun of queer people. It came off as straight man exploring and having fun and like just celebrating like queer culture. Right. And I was like, Okay. Okay, Miss Bananas. Well Johnny Papayas is Johnny Papayas. It's his drag name. Um, he almost, oh my God, when he almost fell down the stairs in those fucking, like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. And like literally almost broken an ankle. Um, that was great. And then he, like, that's also him riding that animatronic horse that's like in the, <laughs> in the living room area, which I think is one of the creepiest, like, additions in that house. Like, it's just like. And there's a long list of creepy shit in that house. Like, it's just, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the next morning, Bobby is having his luxury trip to where he can take two people. Uh, he decides to take fair play uh, again to reward him. Um, and then also Omarosa because he, Omarosa had taken him, uh, for, uh, during the first week. Um, they get to, uh, they get to drive in this 57 Chevy Bel Air, like sort of retro, like vintage car. And <laughs> fair play talks again, how he's like so excited because his dad used to own like a body shop. And so like, he's, he's a big car person. And then they just can't get the car started. <laughs> Literally had to call a producer over to try to get the car started. This is why I love the, the fourth wall aspect. Because it's like they'll just show the person like, yeah, I'm on the, but yeah, it's like won't start. Like the, clearly some like whoever was the like technician, like sort of like guy that they rented this from or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that they're just sort of willing to show the bones of, of everything. Um, they go out, uh, they drive the car around, but then they go out to get drinks and sort of discuss things. And Amaros is basically like, so what's the plan? Bobby's basically saying like, you know, I've been wanting to take out bananas since Jax. I've been thinking that he has needed to go for a long ass time and just blatantly saying this to fair play at this point. Yeah. And fair play is like, what the fuck? Nope. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) and, but yeah, he's like, if bananas gets up, like, you know, gets put up there, like bananas is putting up me and Bobby and Bobby goes, I mean, he's putting up me anyways. So, <laughs> does, it, does it matter if I, like, I love how, like, blatant Bobby is willing to just sort of say that to somebody's face and have them squirm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't care. Yeah, there's such a, yeah, it's so good. Um, And then Amorosa tells him, you, you have a tough decision to make. And Bobby goes, well, 
not really because it's not my full decision. <laughs> it's it's technically Johnny's, um, which I th- <laughs> such a shit star. Oh, it's good. Um, they end up returning to the house. Um, fair play uh, is like, I need to damage control and sort of like talk bananas off the ledge and stuff like that to try to reassure him that everything's going to be good. Of course, bananas doesn't. Bananas kind of is like, this is inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Bo- oh, my God. <laughs> and then this is where I was like, holy shit, Bobby's just willing to say anything. He goes to sit with bananas uh, alone by the pool and he goes, I just want to tell you the truth. Omarosa is convincing fair play to convince me to put you on the hit list. He's like under her spell. And then he's like, is he like, (laughs) (laughs) I love, he was just like, I'm going to throw Omarosa under the bus. I'm going to throw fair play under the bus. I'm going to just fully lie. Like, like if his mouth is moving, he's he's lying. Probably. There's the, which I think works when it's like, like he can't, like if there were, if he was going to be like competing on these like multiple seasons, like you can't, like it's harder, but if it's a one and done and yeah. you're like, I've got nothing to lose, like might I'm, as well, I'm just going to throw everything at the wall. Um, Bobby tells her him like, look, I mean, I would feel like more compelled to put Amorosa on the hit list, but like, I just don't know if I have the courage and he's like acting. He's like verklempt, like sort of like I'm going to give a perform performance. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't put Amarosa. Like, sure. Who's not going to vote for Amarosa? Well, that's the thing. Like with how long this has lasted with like sort of top people in place or whatever. Um, but bananas is like, okay, but like, that's not the deal that you made with fair play. Like get back to that. Like Bobby's like, you think I'm going to stick to that plan? And Bananas is like, so you're going to lie to him? And Bobby goes, you think I'm going to lie to my own roommate? Bananas goes, you just said you did. Like, <laughs> Just because his name is Fair Play don't mean I got to play fair. <laughs> and But like the way that like Bobby is just like not even thinking what he said five seconds ago. Oh, yeah. is like so fucking funny. No, he's me. got goldfish brain. And then I loved my favorite line was when Bananas is like, I mean, look at you, Bobby. Like, you proposed everything. You proposed throwing this guy in, and he's a camera guy. And Bobby goes, That's because I thought I confused him for Jax. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's like quick. He's so quick on like the on the returns and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I don't think Banana has, again, haven't watched the challenge, but I really don't think Bananas has faced anyone like Bobby. Yeah. Like, you can get that sense where it's just like, He's kind of, and he's handling it well, but he's very, like, this is new to him. Get Bobby on Drag Race. He knows how to volley. There we go. <laughs> but no. Like, Rue will love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eva then uh, gets on the intercom to call them for nominations. Bobby getting dressed and going, can I get a cocktail? Have you on the cock? <laughs> like, <laughs> feeling himself. And also, can we talk this fucking look that he was in with this spider web like knitted poncho with like the black like alien like sort of insect sunglasses and like i can't decide how i feel about it yeah you're kind of on the fence it's like is it serving cunt (laughs) (laughs) or is it serving can't dress yourself well like i don't don't... know i don't know what how the pieces all go to the same party if that makes sense 
Like, like they're I, all good individually, but when you put them together, it's like, mm, yeah. What's the thought process? But it's more he, and again, more he, the fact that he's just sort of like selling it. I would say more than anything. Honestly, though, and and I loved also when they get into the actual stronghold for the nominations. He does the Amarosa thing again. Yeah, <laughs> like of this posing, and he goes to sit down and gets up ah! and like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, I love he starts off with a I, I love how like this gives them the most opportunity like Amorosa did it as well it gives them the most opportunity to be the campiest when they get to do this like oh, yeah. sitting and sort of like you know and he goes well hello my fellow villains and Fairplay like is coughing in the background and Bobby goes who just coughed at me <laughs> this is my nomination <laughs> it's it was almost giving Wendy Williams Yes, yes, <laughs> like, I had... sir, do you need a cough drop? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, I miss Wendy. I, can I, I slight tangent? But like, I this these past couple weeks, it's been every every time something's come out in the news, I'm just like, God, I wish Wendy Williams was talking about it. I know. Uh, <sighs> can you imagine Wendy Williams like hosting the show or like, oh being, my god, or being like one of the guest villains or something like that? That would be phenomenal. fabulous. I would eat every bit of that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bobby first decides to nominate Shake. Obviously, it's that was kind of inevitable. And Bobby telling him the true reasons why you're up there is that your fashion sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh. So, but then he goes to the second nomination. Um, and then he just turns, like, builds it up and then turns to fair play and goes, I'm sorry, but I have to put bananas on the hit list. And that's all, like, I was, like, already the big shocker of, like, bananas being put up second, like, as the twist. I was You're like, not oh. even, but who's going up third? Yeah, well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's to come. Um, banana, <laughs> bananas are, again, having that giant, like, fur jacket and then, like, doing, like, I got something for you and, like, searching through it and then just pulling out the middle finger. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I love Joel being like that was actually really good. <laughs> um, but then okay, so he gets to his third nomination. It's like I'm thinking it was like either Fair Player or Marosa, but like he starts by going, "There's only one person on this stage I know can go toe to toe with either one of you guys and bring me my true heart's desire of taking you guys out." Amorosa like whispers to Fair Play, "He's putting me up. Like he's definitely putting me up as far as like if it's for that reason." And then Bobby stands up and goes. I'm nominating myself. And I was like, <laughs> gag of the century. I literally was like, it, it was shot. It, they did a good job of not teasing anything throughout the episode to where it really felt like a surprise. Yes. So often with these things, it's like, you can see right yeah. on the walls and certain things, but they were really, Bobby was just like, Nope. Maybe I could understand. I could believe he decided in the complete last minute. Cause I don't think they even knew what to do. Honestly, he's chaotic enough to do that. Yeah. I love that. Tanisha's like, can he do this? And Joel, <laughs> Joel grabs his fake earpiece. That's not even real. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, um, I'm talking to producers. Um, yeah, they said they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so like, I genuinely think Bobby did that completely on the fly. Uh, like, oh, I mean, it's, bo- yeah, probably. But I think, I actually think is smart enough strategy. Like, like in certain ways of like, if I think I can, if my goal is to have these two be there, if I think I can win the challenge or I can do, because so much of these challenges too, I mean, there's physical challenges and, and certain things like that, but a lot of it is also just like doing the most. Right. Like to me, like if you can do that, like 
and I can, you know, ensure that you two are still the nominees. I actually think it's kind of smart. It's crazy smart. Yes. Um, I do think that it will give us an actual, like, almost nail-biting uh, nomination. Or, like, nom- what's what's the... Nomination? Well, the, the challenge. Oh, the redemption challenge. The redemption challenge. It's going to give us a really good that. So it's like... I. Because all of them previously have been kind of meh. Well, with how poor the last one was with the whole yeah. uh, snakes in the box and all that stuff. Like, so it was just, it's just, this one will actually be pe- people going all out. Yeah, it's going to be high stakes. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm excited for. Um, <laughs> and I love him, like, getting on top, uh, after like, standing next to them after being nominated and going, is there anything you two assholes have to say? Didn't think so. See you guys at the Redemption Challenge. You both suck, by the way. And just walking out of the room, like, with, I love that he's just like, fuck the producers, fuck the run sheet. I'm like, you could tell Joel just be like, okay. Like, I don't know what the- <laughs> I'm just a vessel here, guys. Like, <laughs> and then oh, it was so funny. His confessional, Bobby, going. If I have it my way, one of them will be gone before I can say. And then he pauses, and then he just cuts, and he goes, "Before I can say, God, something clever, like, uh, <laughs> like hasta la vista. I don't, I don't know, like something like, like villainy." And then it just goes, "Before I can say, revenge is mine." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so good. I, uh, I, as someone who didn't watch Love and Hip Hop, I didn't know anything really about Bobby Lights like before House of Villains. Like he is a fucking star. He's hilarious as fuck. Oh, we didn't mention, it, but also the moments where it's like they're having like serious conversa- conversations. I think it was at one point like Fairplay and Bananas are like discussing what they're going to do, and they just cut to a shot of him like twerking off of it on a table or whatever. <laughs> it was so like. God, he's he's really I think the underrated star of this of this series. Yeah, like you, I mean, like you came for the Tiffany's and the Amorosas, but you stayed for the Bobby Lights. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the Dancing with the Stars finale and so much more. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com
Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on over to LA where we get caught up on the journey to the first awarding of the Lynn Goodman Mirrorball Trophy on Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars, we finally got to the finale and we get to talk about sort of our general thoughts of the season as a whole. Um, I guess it started off, congratulations to our winners, Sochi and Val. I thought it was well-deserved. Here's the thing. Like, would I have loved Ariana to have won? Yes. I think, like, I think it was a very solid top three with Sochi, Ariana, and Jason Mraz. Like, I think that was correct in many regards. I honestly think that there was nuanced differences between them and any of the three of them really deserved the win. Yeah. So, I mean, it really just was about who connected with the audience more and just got the more votes. That's really, really all that it was. Yeah. I mean, Sochi also came in. I don't, again, I would love to know, I, someone might know this, the math, the math equation of how like votes factor in with scores or whatever. It did also help that Sochi got like four perfects, like from yeah. last week in the week, uh, the cur- the finale episode. And it didn't help at all that both Jason and Ariana were criminally underscored all season. Sure. Yeah. That so was just, that had been an issue. Uh, I was nervous for Ariana in the beginning. I thought she saved it, like, with her freestyle in the finale, the, yeah. which was, I thought, really phenomenal. But that, I I, I kind of hinted at, at it on social media on the game as MB Twitter, but, like, um, I, did someone try to sabotage her with that dance? It felt I, like it. I, I, hadn't, I haven't mentioned it, but... We were kind of complaining a lot about the underscoring of Ariana, particularly from Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann had been like particularly, I feel egregious. To oh where yeah, she would literally say that was amazing, and like literally give no notes to the dance, and then like still give her a nine. Right, which was like when, yeah, it was. I, I was furious on the the uh, uh, music video night when she did. Oh, the Britney I'm a slave whatever. for you. I. That deserved to be a perfect score. Yeah, and I would say like the next like two after like easily could have been as well. Yeah. Um, I just feel like <laughs> I my conspiracy brain theory was that because uh, Dancing with the Stars is an ABC property, mm-hmm. and who and what you know what owns ABC as well is Disney. Oh, and- Disney also owns marvel (laughs) who was in a marvel movie it wasn't ariana it wasn't jason what is who was that oh it was sochi and what and what is ariana uh where what network is she normally on oh she's on bravo which is nbc universal yeah also i did think that they overscored charity quite a bit yeah Yeah. And, and she was a bachelorette and what ne- ne- what network does that come on? <laughs> oh, ABC. ABC. Oh, huh. Again, and that's not to downplay Sochi because Sochi, I, and mm. all the tens, I thought Sochi deserved. Like there was never Sochi's judging. I thought was correct. Like yeah, very much across the board. But there were sometimes where I was like, I thought they were very nitpicky on Ariana in certain regards. Definitely. And I think what happened, it didn't translate well into her samba, her redemption samba, which. That the costume was whack. The, that was the worst fucking costume choice. The tempo was under. Who wants spice spice up your life that slow? Uh, there was no spice in that up your life. Yeah, I mean, I know they're British, but come on. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It didn't work with her and with what she needed. And I think, like, I don't know that. And that. Samba seemingly is a hard dance, and I, it looks like it in many regards. So, you know, that could be also part of it as well. But I just felt like, I was like, can't you do a faster Samba? Yeah, you can. Like, it, I think if they had nudged it up, like, 
five BPM, yeah, it it would have been right in the sweet spot. But also that weird skirt thing that she was wearing, her dance partner was having to dodge it to get his hands onto her waist. Yeah, so it was creating like this weird thing where they weren't sure about because there was so much going wrong with the costume that it was creating this tension and distraction where they couldn't lose themselves in the dance. Yeah. It, it felt a little, you could, there was like a little stunting, like yeah. there's there stuntedness in terms of like, you know, I don't think it was mistakes or anything. And that's what kind of lended to sort of like not a perfect score in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, I just like, mm, it was frustrating. Um, but she got third place, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. She's the only Bravo celebrity to make the finals. Yeah. Which I think is on in itself very impressive. Speaking of the finals, can we talk about last week um, the, on the semifinals? Oh my fuck, yes, let's rant about this. Like, Jesus, H. Christ, guy. Like, this was, I am all for, I'm, here's the thing. <laughs> I appreciated the twist at the end of that episode from a perspective of how bad sometimes reality twists can be in terms right. of telegraphing. But my God, I think I, I I would love to see like a documented case of how many people in like in the country like went to cardiac arrest because genuinely I feel like Sochi almost died. Yeah, like that poor girl was went through all five stages of grief. Yeah, that was some traumatizing ass shit. So like literally, they're at the final five. We, there's one more elimination to go to the finale, and then the first person they call is Allison, and even Allison's like. What? Like, I like it, like, because she clearly, literally says later, I thought they made a mistake. Yeah, it was clearly her time. And I was like, oh, God, that's a twist. Interesting. And then it, then it called Jason. And I'm like, okay. So I, I'm like, uh, maybe it'll be Charity going home. And then they called Charity's name. And then I got vertical off the chair. And I was like, no, 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 no. It was like, <laughs> it, it was the worst feeling in the world. It was the worst feeling. Like I guarantee you psychologists across or not psychologists, psychiatrists across the country now have like full bookings for like the next four or five months because people need an appointment to talk about this finale. Yeah. What do you, we kind of, we've discussed it a little bit offline. What do you think it was? Do you think it was the fact that there was a, it was apparently planned. That's what Alfonso Ribeiro said. He went on like the talk or something and basically was yeah. like, I, I knew about it like going into the episode that that was going to be the plan that we were going to swerve and say, everyone goes to the final. And it works in the sense that like, this is the first year without Len. It's the Len, you know, right. you know, reward. And was, we'll talk, I, I guess we can briefly talk it, was very glad that Allison made the final because I thought she ended really amazingly and well, got and got to do that awesome freestyle. And she also like, she is her growth story throughout the season has really been what Dancing with the Stars is about. Like, <laughs> yes. she went from being like, okay, she'll be going out in the first, like, three weeks. Yeah. And then she just kept getting better. And then she just kept getting better. Yeah. And a- I was like, was she ever on the level of the other four people in the finale? No, she wasn't no. going to win. And she knew that. Like, she knew going in that she wasn't going to win. But she absolutely worked her ass off yeah. and 
earned the spot in that finale. The, the only reason I laughed when you said the whole she represents this, like she's the product of like what the show is all about. Like, so in the finale, they, the first 30 minutes was almost like a pre-show where right. they sort of like go over everyone's strengths and like what they're, what, like what to look out for and what their strengths are and sort of show their best dances. And they're like, Jason Mraz has so much, you know, lightness and his footwork. Ariana can sell a story, you know, charity has the, has the lines and, and, and all this stuff. And then they get to Allison. She's like, she has a great spirit. She is what this show is all about. A complete rookie learning to dance. Like if they were, doesn't she, doesn't, isn't it look like she's having fun? <laughs> <laughs> if they were the kids from like Captain Planet, she would be heart. Yeah. <laughs> no real skill, but like, Damn, she enjoys it. I mean, she has skill in moments. Like, she has good footwork. And I think, like, she, like, you know, hasn't, like, when she got the right song and when the right Right. style, like, she, there was a sweet spot in sort of that regard. Right. Um, But again, also, I love her freestyle that that closed. And I was glad she got a 10. Like, at least, like, good on Bruno. Because if they were, like, the fact that they weren't, like, that Derek and and Carrie and were like, nah, let's still give her a nine. I'm like, fuck off. It's her final dance. Give it to her. I think think they were just trying to stack the cards so that she didn't accidentally win. Yeah. I I really think that that's what it was. But I think, yeah, I thought she did really fucking phenomenal and she should be really proud of herself. And it was a good redemption story in that regard. It was much, it was much more satisfying seeing somebody like that who didn't have the potential to win, get to the end and still have that moment. than like, I don't know, like Harry Jossie who (laughs) Uh. like, did we talk? I can't remember. Were we talking about the incident? Did we talk about the fact when he went home? I no because that happened after Halloween. Yeah. So he finally went home, which I was so goddamn happy about on Taylor Swift night, most likely because the Swifties were like, Oh, on top of it. Well, and then the fact that the week before, uh, Billy Porter had called his ass out. Yeah. About being a tree stump. It's like, bruh. (laughs) What was all the drama too? Like, isn't he's fighting with like, wasn't he upset with one of the, wasn't it like Artem or whatever he was like upset over? There was some weird stuff online and you never really know how much truth there is to it, yeah. right? Because it's all like comments and like veiled like posts and it's like, I don't know, just like calm the fuck down, bro. Like, I don't know. Because well, I know the stuff with Jason Mraz, like didn't Jason like... It was actively... apparently fake. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was just, it was just... Like I thought he looked. I thought when Jason was getting his scores in the finale, Harry was like positioned like right behind him. I thought he was like there. It felt like there was some tension. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But well, I mean, maybe it was real, but they said it was fake. Okay, to squash it, I don't know. But I know that Harry was doing everything he could to be in every shot at that finale. Oh yeah, and when he when he like jumped in on Allison's like sort of moment, I was like, oh, okay. Well, fine. I mean, they're friends, it's fine. Julianne Huff pulled him in and she was told by producers on a headset to pull him in. Sure. But also they were pulling him in because of his visceral reaction cuz he was like crying or crying like crazy and it was like, okay, so were you just trying to get called up? Yeah. So I don't know. And the thing is, is I can't trust anything from him because I found, like, we've found out that he's, like, the shitty guy on his other shows. And he's only playing, like, this innocent himbo on here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. And then he, I, but I, honestly, I don't give a shit. I'm just glad he's not on my screen anymore. Yeah, the only thing I've seen now is like, he, I guess they're really playing up the whole like him and Riley possibly dating or whatever, which is, is honestly gross. Because there is an age difference there, right? Like, there's she's a, 18, yeah, and he's like 26, 27. Yeah. It's like that. That's far enough to be a problem. Like, j- just avoid 18 when you're in like yeah, the 20 like range. teen should be. Off your radar. Yeah. Once you're past twenty, I think so. That's it's gross. I've never understood that. Um. Anyway, can I also briefly touch on like I I, I did the, the way they formatted the end of that finale was so weird. They had three fucking hours of programming, and then which is more they only just get two, but they only could give like a minute to the fucking announcement of the winner. Also, the credits are scrolling on screen while they announce. They shouldn't. Here's the thing. When they did the, they narrowed it down to the two, right? They narrowed uh-huh. it down to Jason and Sochi. And then the went two. to a commercial break. I was like, why? Like, when when there was like fucking two minutes left. I was like, that's like, what are you doing? Like, like whoever was formatting that, like. Like, give them a moment. They've earned it. Yeah. Like 10 weeks on television or 11 weeks on television plus the five weeks beforehand to prep, 16 weeks of work have gone into this. Yeah. And you gave them 16 seconds. And like Julianne was like trying to get in questions, being like, Val, what do you think? And he was like already up on people's shoulders, like celebrating. There's no time. (laughs) It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it just felt like too much. (laughs) They literally gave people more time when they were eliminated every episode. Well, they also added like, so it's like you had two dances from each person. And then you had the winners from last year, Charlie D'Amelio and mm-hmm. uh, and what her old partner dance, a dance. And then, and then they had Jason the, Mraz sang, sang. And then they had that Christmas dance with like Alfonso and Julianne and like their old right. partners. Like I, it was just like, and and that 30 minute like pre-show, I was like, what? Like you couldn't have carved out an extra 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. To give the winners? It was just really, really fucking strange. Um, but overall, I do think this was a really, really great season of Dancing with the Stars. Like, yeah. I, as someone who doesn't watch, you know, every year, like, I, I enjoyed myself throughout the season. And there was oh, yeah. great talent and also Harry Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get into some of the Drag Race stuff that we have been watching. Uh, and, and uh, have, have, you know, it's been a big Drag Race week, as we mentioned. Um, do we want to start with the UK since they crowned the winner and yes and and all that? We are very excited. I, as much as I was definitely more Team Michael Maruli, and we kind of talked about it in previous episodes. Like, congratulations to Ginger Johnson. I thought it was very well deserved. Called that shit from episode one. Yeah, like, and honestly, Ginger Johnson was the trade of the season. I would say so. Like, look, she wasn't that cute in her confessional because the look was very quirky, but. Catch her changing in that workroom. <laughs> but the, quirk, the quirky confessional look, actually, I thought what, there was certain. There's, there's an a, endearingness to it, right? Yeah. But it's like not hot. Yeah. Um, I thought here's the, and it was so they did a music video, um, which I would, I feel like they haven't done like an actual like RuPaul song music video and right. they did it on us this past yeah. year, I guess, but, um, it, it was good. I will say they definitely didn't judge it based off of, it was definitely the judgment, uh, judging of the whole season. Yeah, Ginger played into the comedy aspect because she wasn't going to be like sort of a well, right. But also like the part. Did you know like when they got to the stage, you could tell Ginger was definitely like sort of sweating it, like yeah, in terms of the performance. Like 
Tamara far and away ran that challenge. Oh yeah, and I thought I didn't like that they didn't take her to the like be like we're gonna eliminate you and then have Michael and Ginger lip sync. I was like let Tamara lip sync too. Like why not? No, because if they do that, look, no, Tamara but a, is too good of a lip syncer. But it was a ballad. Oh, that's true. It, it, I don't. Can I rant about you hate ballads? I hate ballads on Drag Race. Look, it's not that I hate the song. It's not that I think they're bad, but I think that when you're doing a lip sync that is supposed to show off how badly you want something, and it's supposed to be this big, like, crescendo moment. Right. Not just every episode, but especially at the finale. Yeah. Bitch, I need to see someone turn it. Mm -hmm. I don't need someone to passionately emote on stage. I need some pussy pounding on the fucking runway. <laughs> I need to see duck walking and voguing and like break your kneecaps. Break your kneecaps. <laughs> like seriously, all of that shit. I I need to see someone turn it. Yeah. I need to see something that like and maybe that's not everybody's cup of tea. Fine. I, I my thing is I think it's 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 hard cuz it's like certain queens can do it and certain queens can't. Right. And I think that, like, like give Tace a ballad. She can nail it every every single fucking time. She has that stage presence and right. the ability to sort of, like, captivate you in that regard. It's just not a, a common, like, like not everyone can fucking do it unless it's also, like, in a mix or you can find sort of an element of, like, comedy from it, which Ginger kind of did right. with the lip sync. Like, I think... I don't hate it definitively as much as you do. Like, I understand your points. I don't but... even hate it definitively because there are some of them that are really good. Mm -hmm. um, really, like, iconic, amazing lip syncs, right? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they are duds. Yeah. Like, there's nothing really overly exciting about it because most of the queens can't do that. I also think it's different in UK. Like, I think UK kind of lends more to that. Like, I don't think this season on UK, we had a lot of, like, cat -ca -ca -ca, like, sort of, like, sort of high energy numbers every sure, once in a while. Sure, but you're, you're, you're verging on, like, like uh, Charlie... Uh, Charlie Hyde's. Charlie Hyde's apology <laughs> tour. Well... And it's like, okay, but, like... Okay, but that was to... I'm sorry, but that's that was to Britney. That was to, like, what I want to go or whatever. Like... <laughs> You can't, like that is not yeah, that is not by no means a ballad. No, no, no. I know, but it's just like like well, if it, you did every time by Britney, that would be different. But sure, but but what also, I mean, someone needs to do that song as a lip sync. Yeah, but what I mean is that she was very emphatic that we don't do that kind of lip syncing over there. Sure. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Like, the reason that she quote-unquote didn't dance is because that's just not how we do it in the UK. Yeah, yeah they really pulled the patch on her. They were like, like we're going to create a whole new franchise to basically just prove Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, one other note um, I will say from the finale of UK, which I kind of wish they would do more. I actually really like the... I guess they were calling it a tic-tac lunch anymore or whatever they, mm -hmm. whatever they're calling it, where they brought the family members in. That I, was amazing. I thought that's a much better way to do that sort of sentimental, like, sort of moment. Yes. Like, I thought they still did the whole, like, talk to your younger self thing, which is... The, yeah. I, I don't I I don't hate the concept of it. I just feel like everyone says the same thing every time now. And, like... Pretty much. There's no, there's no real variation. 
Um, but I actually thought like having their either their partners or their parents or whatever, like come in like to surprise them. I thought was a genuine like very like compelling moment. What what I like to imagine is that they had a group of like four people backstage and mm. they were waiting to see who the person said that they were missing the most and then they just called them out. There was definitely I forgot maybe it was tomorrow's I can't like Michelle was definitely leading. Like what about your mother? <laughs> like <laughs> I I would have absolutely gagged if if it was well we actually just called back Carabelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like your, oh, your yeah, roommate. <laughs> but no that's how that's also funny. Like have them t- they, they just talk about literally everybody else. And then right. it's just like it was like oh you you called okay. <laughs> Hi mom. <laughs> yeah. It, but it was it was it was really good. And I thought UK overall like I mentioned it was a really good season this year. There was a yeah. good amount of talent. Um, but can we talk about the caramel stuff? Oh, right, right, right. I'm there's still like, confused by I'm, it. I'm kind of confused by it, too. But there's, like, apparently beef between caramel and the show. Like, she's mad about how she went home. Like, and, and like, she didn't show back up for the finale. Yeah, I thought it was... They played it off almost as if it was because of COVID. But it's, like... But she's... Like in interviews, been talking about how she was pissed when she was eliminated. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree. And then there's also this beef between Vicky Vivacious and oh, and, Didi. and Didi, and they apparently still do not talk to this day. Which they kind of showed in the sort of like last couple episodes, which was right. good to have like sort of like a little bit of actual like beef. Like, right. This is also why I think they need to do posts filming reunions like yes. to have those well also i think it's i feel like a lot of those moments happen on drag race they just don't they make a choice they make the editorial choice not to show them anymore because they want it to be more of like a positive environment and I, like i don't want that give me season five rupaul's drag race yeah. back well also give me like, season four where you've got like fifi o'hara and sharon needles going at it in the work yeah. give me that shit I want to see that. That's what made me fall in love with this damn show in the first place. Right. And also, like, I don't know if you saw, like, Heidi did an interview talking about, like, the stuff that happened on All Stars. Oh, yeah. Where, like, she, there was, I mean, more to it where she was basically like, I didn't agree with the judging. I thought it was fucked up. I, I, you know, I thought they were completely underscoring me and, you know, all that stuff. And we saw touches of that, but we didn't really get to see that. Well, and there was also, like. They played it off as, like, something's off with Heidi. It's like. Well, yeah. And then there was also where she was saying that Candy was doing her dirty. Yeah. Like, and Candy used the excuse of, well, the producers told me to do it. And she was like, yeah, the producer told me to do shit too. And I told them no. Right. Like, I didn't throw you under the bus. You did. Yeah. And like, they, I feel like they only showed her exit because they had to. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have made any sense. I feel like so, they. So, like, it. I, it if they had the option, they wouldn't have included any of it. I feel like they also edited things to kind of protect Candy. Maybe. Because they know nobody's going to hate Heidi after wit- afterwards. But, but also they were fucking over Candy at the end. Because remember Candy yeah. shared that story. I was like, yeah, they basically, or it was either Candy or it was somebody else on behalf of Candy was talking about how like, yeah, they basically last minute told them, okay, so your final lip sync song, you and Jimbo is Milkshakes. And Jimbo has giant prosthetic titties. Yeah. And it was so instantly changed last minute to where Kanye was like, nope, I'm done. Like, I know yeah. what you're fucking doing. And then they suddenly switched the song back. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it seems like to me that they know Candy is a fan favorite. 
so they would they know that people are invested because of candy mm. even though they wanted Jimbo to win and made it made sure that Jimbo would win not that Jimbo didn't deserve it absolutely did yeah but they made sure that Candy was still getting the best edit she could right which is why they cut all of that shit out with her backstabbing uh, Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. It's just show more of it. Like, like it can be like, it's still a reality show. Yeah. Still... At the end of the day, I want, I like, it's, it's hard because like part of me is, um, very much the, I understand that Queens are like protecting themselves and like, I don't want to be problematic so that I could get bookings in the future. But I also like, but I want, also... It's a messy reality television. I want the the drama. I want the I bullshit. Also, but I also think it's this show's choice. Like I think like they are saying we want to present an air like we it's it goes to a dialogue about like drag being acceptable now and sort of like how we have to sort of like neuter drag in certain ways. It's respectability all- politics. Yeah. It's the same bullshit. I mean, the black community's been going through this for a long time, right? Right. Like nobody is allowed to be anything that isn't like the most successful, the most educated, the most like quote unquote well spoken. Right. Like the second that you have an accent, the second that you use any AAVE as a black person, the second you get angry. Right. The second you have any emotion, not even just angry, right. but it's like you get villainized for it. And so, like, I feel like drag queens are now starting to feel some of that same pressure. Yeah. And I get the instinct because of a lot of its self-preservation in certain regards. Of but, course it is. But I just think, like, it's not, you know, it's I, not honest in terms of also what, what, not just what drag is, but what you want on reality television at the end of the day. And I think, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about how it's kind of happening across the board in reality TV. Like, Survivors had similar uh, issues where they want it to be more sort of like the family environment where you can all sit down and watch these people learn and grow. And it's like... Okay, but like you know, let's <laughs> let's add some juice to this, you know. Well, it, it's at the end of the day, I'm never going to say that that someone is doing wrong because they censor this themselves for self preservation, right? But I also feel like the responsibility at that point then turns to the public to support people who do sure. decide to be authentic in a way that maybe doesn't paint them in the best light or maybe could be interpreted as, you know, a stereotype. Yeah. And like, well, we don't, we don't create the best environment for that. No, of course we don't. At least nowadays, like back in the day, I mean, I mean, sure it was bad for back in the day for villains like Omarosa and all that stuff. I mean, like, look at what happened to Fifi O'Hara. She has quit drag and literally doesn't, even use that name anymore and i can't even remember the name that she uses now Mm. that's the only reason i use the name fifi but it's like i it's disgusting what happened to her yeah like absolutely disgusting like she even tried to have like that comeback with the 365 days of drag thing that went over really well but then still at the end of the day she's still kind of villainized right and i think like i look back at it from a a reality tv connoisseur perspective i think it's an iconic like it's one of the most iconic seasons of a reality show in a long time but it's never appreciated in that regard there's yeah. no nuance in terms of that um can we also quickly talk about canada's drag race sure um because i have thoughts um one thing well i'll give them i'll start nice i like the twist i like the golden beaver twist mm-hmm. i think the 
it, it's a good way to sort of still do this kind of twist while it not being that game breaking to where so basically there's a winner of the week and then there's a bottom three and then the winner gets to save one of the bottom three from lip syncing uh which i right. think is a good strategy like because at least the bottom two are still lip syncing at least we're still sending home people that are towards the bottom and you know are are not doing as well um i think that's a better way to go about it i could see this applied to like an all-stars and yes i would much rather have this all-stars than what we currently have. Yeah. I, I think it's a, a much better method. Now, that is my praise. Um, this season of Canada's Drag Race is not great. No. It's really not. No. There's a lot of... It feels like no one came prepared. Yeah. Like, it, maybe it's just the challenges, like these first couple challenges where it's like... I, I don't know if it's that they haven't come prepared or if they haven't, like, set them up. The show hasn't set them up for success. Maybe. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I am, like, really, and this is no knock on her, uh, because I think she's extremely talented and extremely um, great. I just don't think that she was in the right space. But the girlfriend experience. That was, yeah. It, it was, was so disappointing. And, again, not in her. It was disappointing in the show, like, for, like, it felt like they put her out there and then didn't give any support, any sort of anything. And it's like, aren't there supposed to be like mental health wellness things? Aren't there supposed to be like, cause I, I felt like she was just kind of shoved out there and then left to drown. Yeah. And it's like, what's happening? Like, I, I do <laughs> seeing how she performs outside of the show and then seeing what happened here. It just, it doesn't. Well, but what I mean too is like, the, so the first two challenges, besides besides the one where it was all about the looks and sort, of, and she excelled there where she got to sort of do her more like burlesque stuff as well. Right. But it was like the first challenge is like, okay, you guys are in teams and you got to sell a product like you're on QVC. Go, do like like they gave them no. It seemed like they gave them no rubric. It gave them no yeah. like structure of anything. And it was, and if the challenge felt like a mini challenge, it was like very, like the drag yeah. was, didn't look good. And I couldn't tell if it was intentional or not. And there were no jokes. Like it was just, it was, I like Brooklyn Leary had to say like, a lot of you safe Queens are lucky. Cause it yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah. Be glad there's only a bottom three. And then they did the girl group challenge. And it also wasn't that great. Not at all. You had girls, lit like, literally just. I think it was Kiki Ko. Like, didn't say any. Like, didn't lip sync any words. She no, literally I just went up and down with her mouth as like words were like like playing. She she looked like a like and a, judge, a fish. And, and the judges didn't even critique her on that. No, they nothing. were like, you kind of could have brought it a little more. You're not going to tell her that, like, you literally didn't hit any of your lyrics. Like, I know that lip is half of lip sync, and you got that part. There was lip. Yeah. But uh, the sync part means that you're supposed to sync your lips to the word. And it wasn't even watermelon cantaloupe. There was no, no was range. Just, it was just, ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I, I don't. I was I'm, baffled. Like, utterly baffled with how bad it, and like, all, the fact that they also, like, the choreography for that first group fell apart so badly. So bad. And, and, well, and also the fact that Melinda Verga was, like, the choreographer and, like, was so focused on, like, okay, so, like, honing on fine details while not 
getting to the point of like, okay, let's make sure you all know this choreography and then we can finesse it. Right. It was so bad. And she didn't really even get punished for it. Yeah. Like. Usually if the choreography sucks, the choreographer gets raked over the coals for it. Yeah. I, uh, the amount of times too that it's like, and it was happening with girlfriend experience a lot, but like Denim's as well there's been a couple times in like the, it was in the mini challenge this week where also they had to like sell like sell a movie and like you're you're on this like movie interview but you don't know what the movie is and so you just have to like you know improv or whatever and the amount of the fact that denim and girlfriend were both just like i don't know and just kind of quit like mid like I was like, what? Like, uh, you're not going to say, like, anything? Like, well, I was baffled by the person who won that challenge. Because they were just cra- Melinda. Because they were just crazy. Yeah, Melinda didn't even, she just basically flopped on the floor like a fish. And, and like, what is happening? Yeah. This isn't funny. No, it's like, I can't, it's just chaotic. Where are the jokes? <laughs> And the, yeah, there's no comedians. Like, there's no, the, there was a great tweet that I saw where it's just a lot of just like, so like singing's not really my forte, and like improv's not really my forte, and like drag's of, really not my forte. It's essentially, like, every confessional, there's one person, and it's usually either denim or girlfriend. Be like, so it's not really what I'm known for. I'm like, what are you known? for? What are you known for then? Because like, what do you do successfully? You gotta like do Quickly. some of it. Like I don't know. Like uh, I've, I've uh, maybe it'll turn around, but I've been really down on this season of Canada. Like it's it's Venus's to win. Yeah, but, but Venus is just like running through the competition. Not even running; she's sauntering. Yeah, the, nobody's even trying to catch up to her. Yeah, and it's like Aurora did like good ish this week, and I could yeah. see her winning that challenge. Like, yeah, like I kind of like Nira near enough. Yeah, but like there's a winner, and then there's everybody else. Yeah, it's, it's really like disparate in terms of that. Like, oh. We'll keep watching, but, like, it's not yeah, the best. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that we're going to keep watching, uh, we have uh, Drag Race US that's coming on yes. um, in January. Um, and they had the release, or they had the release the queens. They had the <laughs> release the, the Kraken. <laughs> they had the meet the queens this week. Yeah. Um, first impressions. I feel like it's a good group of girls. It's a good lineup. I'm intrigued by a lot of them. It's still going to take me a little bit. Like, they kind of blended. They, not blended, because I do think they are unique in certain ways when you actually, like, listen to their Meet the Queens and mm-hmm. sort of, like, stuff like that. Drag has become into a certain form where it's, like, a lot of the makeup's, like, same-ish. Yeah. So they kind of blended a little bit for me. And also, everyone has, like, three names, and there's, like, hyphens in names, and it's, like... Yeah. It, it was, like, oh, God, like, I can't keep track completely. Um, but I, I did like a lot of them, and I thought, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be a very entertaining season. I hope regards. so. Um, I also hope that uh that with uh what is the 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 queen that got called out that we now know as a sex pest oh right what what's her uh, name plain jane plain jane um i hope that they do the right thing this season and just let it be yeah we we talked about it on previous episodes about like the we the, the whole like sherry pie stuff i think wasn't like the right move well and what they did on uk was just completely edit her out like she was never there yeah I, 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 so it's like, just leave it. Yeah. 
give us a disclaimer of this person is ineligible to win and then leave it. Right. And then and if she gets to she, the finale, she doesn't get to be in the finale. It sucks because she was kind of my favorite of the of the group. In terms I, of aesthetic and in terms of, I, well, also her. The like, fact call, that she walked in and called out Katya, I was like, bitch. Yeah, so I'm from Boston and I'm actually Russian. So it was like, okay. Like, it, it was like, okay, it's a joke. But like, and she said it again or meet the queens. I was like. It's like, but okay, you realize that Katya is one of the most beloved queens from this show, like, right? Like, literally, like, who are you going to go after? Seasons, it's like Latrice, like... Come after... Like, there's literally, like, a, a handful of, like, five queens that you really shouldn't try to g- go after and compare yourself to. Yeah. And Katya's in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it'll be... Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I really... So some of the other ones... I really liked uh, Nymphia Wind, the one who's... Yes. Uh, uh, Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. Um, her entrance look was really funny to me. I really liked. I feel um, like I'm going to like her humor. Yes, I really liked um, a mandatory meeting. You love the yes. name. Yes, I love the name, but I also really enjoyed her like sit down interview. Um, I really like that. I just uh, I yeah. love a punny name anyway, but then I just really enjoyed her personally. Yeah. Um, I liked um, Hershey Lacour Jate, yes. who mm-hmm. I I also really love when she explained to me. I didn't even think about the fact that her name is her pronouns, which yeah, is fun. Great. Um, and she's uh, in the cornbread family. Yes. Uh, so, and she just seems like a, you could tell she has a warmness to her immediately, mm-hmm. and I and I really like that. Um, I'm also si- excited for uh, uh, Maya. Uh, I believe is it's a hyphen. It's like spell uh, Iman LePage uh, mm-hmm. only because she particularly because she's from Miami and like when they showed the videos, I was like, oh, I've seen her clips of her lip syncing. Oh, yeah. She's gonna be have one of the best lip syncs of the season oh, for yeah. sure. Those Miami queens and the way they like just do splits off buses and like do all the crazy talk like, about pussy pounding bitch yeah if you're gonna you're you're gonna get that in that in in uh with her lip sync so that's exciting um i also want to shout out that there's a couple at least like texas e uh geneva Carr, who's from uh brownsville Mm -hmm. which i I was like oh brownsville like you know impressive um and then also um uh, i believe it was plasma is yes was has been has done work in dallas plasma is um from Dallas adjacent. It's really closer to Texarkana. Yeah. Um, I think not not Mount Pleasant. It might be Mount Pleasant. Uh Mount Mount something? I don't know. Um little town out there in East Texas. And then she went to OU. So Oklahoma tries to claim her. Right. Bitch, no. She is a Dallas queen. She lived in Dallas. She lives in New York now. Yeah. But, like, she's been in, like, a bunch of Dallas productions, like, on as far as, like, not Broadway, but, like, musicals and theater productions in Dallas. So she's a Dallas girl through and through. Yeah. Um, So definitely glad to see um, her on there. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of really great-looking queens on there this season, and I'm excited to see where we end up going uh the that starts 
first week in June or not June, uh, uh, January, January. Yeah, the other J. I think it's like first or second week. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that'll be exciting to watch. I'm glad that I, I missed U.S. Drag Race for a little bit, so I'm glad that it's back. Yeah. Um, and it'll be exciting that we'll get to talk about it uh, every week on a gay and his MB, so don't uh, miss out on all of that. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we are talking the newest episode of Married to Medicine with a special guest. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on down to Atlanta where our favorite lady quad has risen again on Married to Medicine. <laughs> Married to Medicine for this week, and we are not talking about Married to Medicine alone. We have a special guest for this section of A Gay and His MB that we are so excited to have on. Uh, you may know her from her amazing podcast, Who Asked Me, um, where she talks all things reality television, uh, or her amazing uh, stuff on TikTok and Instagram and across social media where she's always saying, uh, what she thinks, and we always love hearing it. Um, please welcome to again, it's MB, the wonderful Cell Brooks. Hi, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming on. We were on Cell's podcast not too long ago, and it was an amazing time. So we thought we would return the favor. Absolutely, and it was it was time was had. <laughs> time was had. Time was definitely had. So let's get into this episode of Married to Medicine. Yeah. So what, Sal, what are your thoughts sort of of the season overall? I know when we were uh, discussing you coming on, like this was immediately what you wanted to talk about. Um, yes. So I will say, first of all, Married to Medicine is always a 10 out of 10. And it is Sunday night saving grace mm -hmm. because like after Potomac, I literally will be like, 
I don't, I don't even want to watch TV ever again. <laughs> What's the point? And then Married to Medicine comes on and it's just so funny because I'm like, this is how it should be. Take notes, Potomac. Like I loved like the ebbs and flows, even within the first five minutes of Heavenly showing up to Quad's house mm-hmm. and they're like peeking, they're high-fiving, blah, blah, blah. And then they sit down, they get directly into it. And then they they have their tips, they get back to it. Like it is, it, it's a show. It's how this shit should work. And there was really there's I and I think it, from, from the previews I saw for next week they kind of discussed it as well. You, I think what benefits it a lot is there's such a core friend group in mm-hmm. this group yeah. that really maintains to where they can have uh, like that fight with Heavenly and Quad that we see this episode where they, it gets a little more intense at certain parts, but like it, there's they they always strike that correct balance of sort of really going in on each other and being you know having these sort of antagonistic moments but still coming back to it at the end of the day but not fe- but also not feeling as like well we got to maintain it because of the show right right cuz i don't feel right. like and- they've thrown these girls together because they needed a show they had these mm-hmm. girls and they made a show around them and it's clear exactly. the difference Exactly. And you can tell like there is genuine care there, even from Toya's annoying ass. Like there's there a genuine, I can't stand that woman. Um, make no mistake. She needs to stay on the show, but like, I, I can't stand her. Um, <laughs> but like, there is a genuine like care of, you know, just even just basicness of like, okay, this is my job. I care to continue and like make this a good show. Yeah. Like, Unlike Potomac, like you cannot pay a lot of those ladies to care now. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I, I know there's a lot of discussion about like it feels like Toy is trying to like house quad in certain ways and sort of like show her the door in certain regards. And I see that, and I and I think it's definitely there, but it is kind of it is kind of done in a way where it doesn't feel as blatant as like what we're seeing on Potomac, where it's just like I'm just going to stonewall you. Like Toy is at least fighting for it. It's like she's fighting to like you know makes make a point at the end of the day and uh-huh. like that uh, that to me i think is more commendable in a certain regard even if even if the end goal is like i don't think quad should be here like well you know what it is because i i noticed this and honestly i will give salt, salt lake city the props on this too that that um at the repass <laughs> which was technically the repass at the dinner when they were sitting out quad and toy is still sit next to each other mm-hmm. they're still very active in conversations in group conversations at one point when something was going on between something else something was funny and they still giggled together yeah like that is why it works you oh, know yeah. what i mean and same thing with Angie and Meredith had a moment when Whitney, Lisa, and Heather were arguing where they were like, at least it's not us. Yeah. And then they're about to get back to arguing. Like, that is how it should be. They will still all be in the same room together. Mm-hmm. And like, but with Potomac, like Karen said, like, Giselle, I notice you're not talking when Candace is around. I notice you're like, you are. And that's all Karen and everybody is trying to say there's a clear energy shift when certain people get around one another and that needs to stop. Right. And there's all, and there's only so much like Karen in that sense, like can do in that mm-hmm. regard. I, yeah. I, I feel like, I, I think I said it last week on the pod, maybe it was offline, but like, I am shocked that there's not been a producer that has like sat down and just been like, listen, you can't keep doing this. It's like you can't, you have to engage in a certain point. There was a great, I don't know if you saw it, Sal. There was a tweet um, someone was making about like, they need to go back to the old Atlanta days where 
they would have sit downs with people who like one on one. Oh yeah, I'm the one who retweeted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where I saw it. Where it's like Nini and Sheree fighting at that dinner, where the whole "I'm cashing Trump checks" fight happens, and mm-hmm. like Kenya and Portia, they would have like one on one sit downs, clearly organized to hash this shit out instead of just like being in this group and just avoiding each other. And like I exactly, and it, it is a production thing at this point. I I kind of said that last season, and I was like, you know, the the head producer Eric kind of like popped off on a couple people on Twitter and I was like, okay, well I can kind of see like where he's coming from. But at the same time, I'm sorry. I hate to agree with Carlos King, but I'm with him when he's right. Eric has lost control of the show. Mm-hmm. Cause the same problems Eric are on his own. control of that. And I'm not even in production to know that like he has completely lost control. I said last season at the end of last season, I said, I don't think we need to recast. I think Bravo, NBC universal shed media. They need to call a staff meeting. Yeah, a good old-fashioned mm-hmm. staff meeting and say, listen, here's how this is going to work. Y'all will film with one another, and or and we're going to put y'all together. And if not, roles will be reduced. Right. Right. Okay? Like, when they, you know how some seasons, when they're, when they're not sure how they're going to go, how everybody goes into the season not knowing if they're full-time or friend of, that's what they need to do to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You earned your spot. Well, and, and the yeah. thing is, is on... At least on Potomac, I understand from a certain point of view, like, why Candace don't want nothing to do with Giselle ass. Yes, 100%. But at the same time, like, on a personal level, I get that. But on the television, like, you're here to make a show. Yeah. Like, let's not, not mince words. You are clocking in. So when you clock yes. in, it doesn't matter if you hate your coworker. You do your job. Yeah. Yes. And to be honest with you, I don't even think that Candace is the issue because like even Karen said, Candace doesn't dim her light for anybody. Mm-hmm. She's not going to talk less when somebody's around. Giselle has a diva fit. Right. Like she literally will sit there with that receding neck and be like, <laughs> like Karen said, you're not talking like, is everything okay? Blah, blah. And just for the safety of me and my children, I think it's best. If No. And Ken, like she, she hides in plain sight because Candace said, okay, but when it came to the safety, of my family and my bonus kids, you didn't care. Right. And Giselle said, "Correct." <laughs> it's exact, exactly. It, I said, "Are you fucking serious right now?" Yeah, I just don't. Think I, said, I, I don't think the the like the the uterus comment at the reunion it was intent was very harsh. Don't get me wrong. I I was. I think it's more baffling with also Wendy. Like the Wendy stuff she was doing even last season. Like last season, she was very like just like not speaking and not even looking in Wendy's direction, and sort mm-hmm. of. And I don't. And that's where I kind of sort of raised that eyebrow at Giselle initially because I was like, I don't think Wendy had done anything up until that point that was any different than anything that Karen has done to her or mm-hmm. Ashley or whoever. Like in in the Giselle's a child. Yeah, she yeah. is a mean girl. She is a child, and that is the point. She is and she's unprofessional as fuck. Okay, because that whole not looking in Wendy's direction, moving away when Wendy steps, you know, near her—that's not housewife shit. That is childish uh-huh. shit. And it's it's just I am so disgusted by her. To be honest, I will. Yes, the you the dwindling uterus comment. It was harsh. Right. Have I said, once I have been pushed to a certain point, have I said something similar to somebody who has hurt me? Yes. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I knew when Candace said that, that was going to be like a a button for a lot of people. I think that with Candace, the way Candace says things, 
and she's kind of touched on this before, Candace speaks the same way I believe she speaks in like a social setting when cameras are down, yeah. which is how a lot of black people, I'm, I'm just going to say it, like, listen, when we want to get you, when there's a zinger to be zung, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, we're going to zing. And it's it, that's just how it is. Yeah. And I think when you have all of these eyes and within mixed company, that's when it becomes like, a, oh my God, like blah, blah. And I do feel like a lot of people watching social media, and again, this isn't just black people, everybody across the board have done similar things or said similar things in their life. But then when they see it on TV, they're like, oh my God, I remember. that's just thinkable. Yes, you have. Yeah, exactly. And people because- like to play the moral morality police and put, like be on a different level than they really are in their real lives. And it's just not true. I'd, yeah, the comment was not the best, but at the same time, I was just like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend well, like I haven't heard. And the comment may not have been great, but guess what? Giselle logged on to Amazon, put that comment in her box, and, and like, ordered that shit and got mad when it was delivered to her doorstep. Mm-hmm. Like, Candace, all Candace yeah. did is is deliver what was ordered. She asked it for that shit. You so, and again, that's my thing with Giselle, too. Like, she does all these things to these people. It's not like Wendy turned around one day and was like, you don't even have a man to be worried about. You literally were questioning her her entire marriage. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> like, Giselle was literally questioning her entire marriage, why she got her body done, which, by the by, in the Nigerian community, from, like, what my Nigerian friends tell me, it's so common for them to get their bodies done. Yeah. It's very common. It 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 was that it's a whole mess, and she just plays victim at the end of the day, and she's done that. I would say even from the beginning, like oh because, yeah, you know, you I would say certain things with like the Monique feud as well, which is out. Like I can see certain moments of that as well. Um, go, to this episode of Married to Medicine, though, so like to speak to that dynamic, I like you mentioned, like this quad mm-hmm. heavenly Phaedra conversation at Quad's house. I think really exemplified that. Can I first say though, the way that Phaedra is. <laughs> Is still dragging Sweet Tea's wedding even after it, the fact. It's, oh, okay, I will say this. When she said those drapes and then they flashed back, I was horrified. I was like, yeah, those I are bad. Like, my mother, I said, my mother would, if I sent her this right now, she would be like, Oh my God, my mom and my grandma, they would be like, Oh hell no. I had drapery at my wedding. That was the number one thing they put, they put it up the day before. And as soon as it got put up, me and my mom were down there. Like, do we need to, we had a steamer in our hands Mm -hmm. just in case I wanted it put up so it would fall. Like it would shake Mm -hmm. loose some, any wrinkling that may happen. Well, also the 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 flashbacks to her Phaedra even saying it in the moment, her being like, "I mean, those are nice flowers, you know, they're dying, but you know, they were once fresh, like just out in the open." <laughs> and it's like again, like I think Sweet Tea made the wrong decision of who she uninvited. Like, <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Listen, I the fact that those flowers were dying already—that's crazy. <laughs> That's what? crazy. And I, I heard, I guess at Shed Media, the production team paid for, a, or no, not Shed, it's Purveyors of Pop for Medicine. Mayor, Mayor right, Medicine. right, right. They paid for some of it. 
but I guess they didn't pay for as much as they thought they were going to pay for. Mm. Uh, look, that checks they, out. They could have paid for like some of those uh, flower food packets. That would have kept them. <laughs> like that's not that hard to keep the flowers fresh. Oh no, no, but for real. But yeah, I was like, but again, I love it because it's so authentic to like an auntie at a wedding. At like, I mean, my mom. Anytime she goes to a wedding, I'll be like, oh, how was it? Girl, you should have seen the runner over there. It had, it had dust on it. <laughs> Phaedra is everybody's okay. shady auntie, and I just, I'm here for it. The way oh, the- no, I loved it. She did make a mistake of who she uninvited. I Here's the thing. Phaedra was saying the same things that Heavenly was saying. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways. Like, she, that was the whole point of the conversation with G at that, at that dinner. Like... I feel like, <laughs> and I feel like also the way that Quad and Heavenly like have stayed on Sweet Tea even after filming and sort of like on Watch Rabbins Live and like mm-hmm. all their mm-hmm. Instagram lives and stuff like that. It's like, I I almost feel bad for her, but then I'm like, uh, you know. It, oh, I don't. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't feel bad. I didn't feel bad. I haven't felt bad for her at all during this, but I'll tell you when I really, I was like, okay, chop, we're done, is when she got up during that, the fu- funeral Mm. and uh, tried to step to heavenly, <laughs> I said, okay, baby girl. And that's why Toya jumped up and told her to sit down. Tell tell her you, what you said to me. Tell her when you saw that happen. Well, it's because I, Sweet Tea is every, every single girl I went to high school with. Because I went to school in Texas mm-hmm. in predominantly black districts. So I was mm-hmm. like one of five, ten white kids. Everybody mm-hmm. else was black. And so, like, that's my knowledge of the black community, and that's why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And so, everything about her is the girls I went to high school with. Like, this girl, like, you can tell <laughs> this girl is Texan through and through. Like, I know she mm-hmm. wasn't, like, originally from there. But, like, coming coming after her, I call her little girl. Yeah. yeah. She should have known that was going to get some hands thrown. Cause that she, mm. when she popped up, cause her sweet tea is my age. Yeah, when yeah. I would never, ever. I was talking to my grandma or my aunt, one of my aunts the other day, and I accidentally said "fuck" and I didn't realize it, and she literally was like, "Okay, now, little girl." <laughs> and, I like, uh-huh. and I like, I'm 31 years old. I literally, I can say that if I want. And I really could have been like, I'm 31, but I was like, like I literally was like. Whoop. <laughs> like, oh shit! But like seriously, I when she tried to get up and Toya was like, no, 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 we've taken the bit too far. We've yeah, taken right. it too far. That's why Toya was telling her to sit down. She is out of her league, and that's why Heavenly told her ass, "I will whip your ass like your mama should have." <laughs> what, what was I said, it? "What was it?" Also, that she she was like, "That's what you got, daddy issues. That's why you date someone five times your fucking age." Oh, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like the scream by scrub. And you could tell how pissed Heavenly was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have- she was and again, I have to remind people, Heavenly is Miami Dade County. There's a couple <laughs> yeah. bitches I would never fuck with. Philly, Philly, uh-huh. Miami Dade County, I'm not I'm not going there. Uh-huh. I'm not sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm from St. Louis. <laughs> But it's an R. We've we've talked about how much we love Heavenly, and I really like I this episode too was a, a great example of just like the way in which she's been able to sort of like find that balance of like she really is an antagonist in every sense of the word, and she's been yes. that way from the very beginning on this show. But I never get annoyed by her. Like there's it's, no. it's like, the, and I don't and and the way that like she can 
say the shit that she says and everyone at the end of the day just has to be like, well, that's happened late. Like, you know, I can't be that mad at her. Like Simone can side-eye her and Jackie can side-eye her. But at the end of the day, it's just like, this is who she is. Like, I love her so much. She is like my favorite person. When she said, I don't want, I don't want to be around no dead body. That's why I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> I see a dead tooth and I get upset. Oh, I fucking screamed My, the, 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 I, I was dying the part that had me dying laughing was when Phaedra gives her big speech or whatever and is doing this whole performance of everything and then like lifts her arms to like reveal her cape the way Heavenly just stands up and starts clapping oh like, yeah <laughs> oh I said oh 100% I said I know exactly who Heavenly is in church oh yes <laughs> exactly. yes she's got the big hat She's got the big hat, and she's been fanning herself with the program all morning. Mm-hmm. All, all morning. From the moment she stepped foot into church. Uh-huh. So good. And I also loved in the in the quad, uh, in the uh, discussion with quad at her house, I love her not relenting on the, like, well, you have to, I need you to just say without any pretenses, I take ownership of the fact that I didn't call anybody. Like, yes. like there's no this and, and also them as well. Like, and the way she rode her until she got that out of quad, I thought was really impressive. Uh, no, it, it was impressive. I, I love having, I mean, she is probably my favorite person on Bravo. I'm not kidding. Like, Honestly. Th- through and through, the moment she came on the screen, I know everybody was like, what the fuck is, like, who is this? <laughs> I have been in love with her since then. And her, oh, yeah. she will carry on on Twitter for 24 full hours. <laughs> <laughs> her on, did you see her on Carlos King? Uh, when Car- And Carlos asked, so is it true that you hit uh, uh Damon over the head with the frying pan. She said, "Yeah, pretty much." And like, <laughs> I saw the clip of that, and I, when Sweet Tea said that, I was like, "Girl, <laughs> And it's like those types of things that, like, okay, I do, I definitely do not condone people hitting anybody in the head with the sure. frying pan. It's just one of those old black <laughs> couple things that. Like stories I'm hearing from my family from like back in the day that I'm just like, this is the most hilarious story that no one else should hear. Yeah. It just continues my belief that Damon's a complete saint in in that relationship. Oh, he is. We were saying it last week. It's like when, when heavily made the comment last week about like it, our marriage worse because I'm the crazy one and he's not, you can't have two crazy people. I'm like, that is so true. And like, like it can only work with the with those two together. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But I don't. I when it comes to marriages, I don't think that sweet tea is crazy. I really don't. I I think that sweet tea thought that she was getting something that she. I, I I'm sorry. I think her you know internalized misogyny really like was flared up. Yeah. And then when she got to knowing Greg and got there, it was like oh. Okay. Yeah. And what I wish is that we would t- like maybe at the reunion that we would talk about that a little bit more because like there were so many people like trying to be like, I don't see what was wrong with the DM. She said him. It was a joke. Yeah. A joke rooted in misogyny. Right. No. Well, and like the, also the fact that we went from DM to wedding bells in six months. That's crazy. Like that, I mean, we got engaged on our six-month anniversary and then still waited a, a year and a half to actually get married. Right. So, like, that, I yeah, can't but, imagine. Well, and also the fact, I think the big thing when also they were, like, the discussion of, like, her being in that Facebook support group and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, if that, if it was a six-month progression and, like, you 
have made enough friends in this support group to where you know this person, you're bringing her dress shopping. Like that tells me that like this is a pattern and like mm-hmm. that this is th- th- this hasn't been the first one. And so yeah. like just like you said, like either at the reunion or something, like analyze that a little bit. Also, where was her sister? Why was her sister not at her dress, her dress shopping? I said, oh, I said that as well. I said that this is not real. I said, first of all, the shop that they're at, Toya even said, Toya was like, this is where I wanted to get my dress from. So it is obviously, you know, a prestigious. But even if they would have gone to uh, David's Bridal yeah. or whatever and got something off the rack, they still order it in. And it's still, you don't, if you still need at least four weeks minimum. That's yeah. the thing. It's, it's, she's like, you, oh, I'm getting married at the end of the month. It's like, and you still haven't picked the dress? At this point, mm-hmm. go to Ross, get you a white what? dress. <laughs> that was so, so fake. It pissed me off because like every, I mean, I got married, I got engaged in tw- at the end of 2020. And I think I picked my dress out like December, like winter 2021. Um, yeah. And they were like, "Whoa, cutting it close!" Because then I had to get alterations and everything. And I'm like, "No tea, no shade to sweet tea, baby. You had some alterations. <laughs> yes, yeah. You had alterations. A, a wedding dress sizes they don't fit anybody perfectly, right? Because like, they're supposed to be like, like hug to your body. Yeah, and she everybody's body is different. So, like, of she course, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you uh, also. So. What are your thoughts? So we get another scene this episode with Simone and Cecil where they're vision boarding and they're talking more about sort of miles and like sort of like the path with college and stuff like that. I wanted to mm-hmm. know, I really wanted to know what your thoughts are because me and Merlin are really divided on this issue. Like we, we, we definitely took two different sides in the argument. Um, okay. So let me say this as a child of two black parents who came from nothing and have been made themselves extremely, extremely successful. And to the point where my childhood, my upbringing is completely different than theirs. <laughs> my mom, my mom is not like, she will literally be like, okay, I'm not going to keep playing with you. Like yeah, yeah. you need to, I, but I was always like when with school, I never took that long. So I'll use my brother, for example, my brother like switched colleges. Then he like, was like, oh, I'm gonna get this degree, I'm gonna get this degree. My mom had to tell him, I'm not paying for that one. I'm right. not, I'm not helping you, I'm not paying for that one. But my mom's thing is like, you will never like be out, like if you really need something, I will get it for you. I just understood <laughs> the struggle. My dad was always like, Well, I want you to struggle just how I did, so I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. I think it's funny. Um I'm kind of with Simone, especially with boys just because i saw how my brother was they will like they will continue to take they don't learn like like especially in like our community like the black community like they don't force the their straight men to like learn anything yeah like it's it's just so fucking frustrating and then the rest of us it's just like oh you should know that by now and i'm like thanks yeah i was i like the perspective i was really thinking of like because i'm somebody who like i went for five years like didn't graduate because i completely like spiraled uh yay mental health yay mental health um yeah and and so but i have like uh, and i still am paying off the student loans obviously from it mm-hmm. but like i took out a lot of student loans like my mom wasn't the one necessarily fronting most of the bill and even mm-hmm. at a certain point of what she was like she was fronting like housing for the most part and even at a certain point she had to be like you know I, we 
we got to yeah. figure something out. Like right. I, I understand the strain in that regard. And like the, like, as much as I also like, I got Cecil's point of like, yeah, I mean, you don't really learn like, like the real world, you know, figuring out of like an internship or sort of like getting that direct, you know, knowledge and stuff like that can be more valuable. I just feel like he should have <laughs> told him that way earlier. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I think, yeah, I think Cecil, like, I think with the dads, they just kind of like with the boys, they're so much more lenient and they, I feel like on to a certain extent as well as they kind of lived through them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always talked about mothers living through their daughters. I think the, with the, the boys, they kind of like live through them a little bit. I don't know. My thing was, is um, you could have took one paycheck from one season on this show <laughs> and paid for his entire college Probably. and not blink. <laughs> yeah. So like acting like they're penny pinching, like they're gonna saving for retirement, girl. You know, oh. you know, you know, she's making it. You know, she's. Oh, I'm fine. with you on that. But like, here's the thing: I the amount of times I've gotten the, or actually my brother rather, this my money, not yours, and I don't want to spend it on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and that is fair. However, I also think that there could have been more explicitness towards. Look, we know that we have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and therefore, when you are under a certain age your FAFSA comes back and you can't get help with school. So until that's going to kick back on just your income, which is zero, we will help. (laughs) But when it comes back and your income is zero and that's all that they're basing that off of, and therefore they're going to give you free money. At that point, you will no longer be taking checks out of the bank of mom and dad. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that as well. See, I just, that's one of those things where I would like to know the, ins and outs specifically because like do you guys remember when like uh kim would be like oh brielle got her own apartment like on her own blah blah it's like okay yeah she's pushing snapchat ads like every other day and i know that they pay a lot right um, and like you guys are scammers you know what i mean so <laughs> that, that was one thing simone and cecil's kids we don't they don't do anything or as far as we know they right. don't like have jobs they're not on social media like that like being influencers. So that's where I was like, okay, because that's another thing. I never, my mom would co-sign for like my first two apartments. My mom had to co-sign for me, yeah. but I still paid the rent. Right. Same. But, you know what I mean? Now she would help me with groceries and like stuff like yeah, groceries. She would be like, if you want to come to the grocery store with me, I'll get you stuff. It was like, yeah. Okay. Like, cool. Um, and she was like, I got, she was like, I ain't got nothing to do with them utilities. Nothing. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So that's just where I would be interested to know, like, what exactly are the ins and outs that they are paying for? If it is zero, I, I think that everybody needs to have a job. I got a job when I was 15. Um, we need to work. Yeah. Right. But I also know that it's very difficult to get jobs right now. Like the job market is. is BS. And I think, mm-hmm. and I think also like when they were t- this episode, also when they were discussing like the getting them of their own apartment, it became a point of like, it's like Simone is trying to. I appreciate Simone being like, okay, we need to, you know, have contingencies of like mm-hmm. if this if Miles can't get a job at this point, if he can't, you know, so what what that's going to look like, and right. Cecil kind of being like, well, he might not, so it's like we might as well, and it's like, 
that's the part where I'm definitely on team Simone in that regard. It's just like, I think Simone thinks through things a lot and plans them out and sort of like has that sort of mentality of like getting everything in order. And Cecil's a little more freewheeling and. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So then we have Phaedra, the scene of her giving out the invitations in the black suitcases. Can I also say (laughs) <laughs> I saw someone online, and I can't even remember who, like, basically, like, critiquing this episode, be like, well, Phaedra and Quad are doing way too much. Like, they're doing, like, too, like, housewivey, like, stage-setting shit. And I'm like... That's what we... T- that's like, that's yeah. the point. Like, like, particularly with Quad, I'm like, that's... I'm like, you clearly have not watched Married to Madison. Because that's right. literally... Like, it is not Quad unless she is giving a full, like, <laughs> scale performance. Like... Well, and that's the thing. Like, it would be one thing if we saw that drop. I would go, well, maybe that's a put on facade or whatever. Mm-hmm. But ma'am, she has been at that level the entire 10 seasons. Yeah. Literally. So, like, did you see that thread on, I think it was Twitter, where it was like, what's your favorite quad <laughs> yep. monologue? Yep. <laughs> I love, I forgot. There's I for- too many. There's too many. I forgot about the whatever. It was like a couple seasons ago. The one someone shared the one of the standing still like a motherfucking mannequin. <laughs> and I was like, how does she come up with this shit? It's so good. That's my and that's my thing about her. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Like if I knew her in real life, I would be like, why are you doing that? Oh yeah, but she's- like on TV, the the way her mind works, like it's fascinating to me. And she has so many, but the one from last season, I think it was last season, where she, like, I tweeted it. She, like, starts off, like, like she's giving a city girl's verse. Yeah. And she's, like, motherfucker, da-da-da. And then she goes into, like, spoken word. And it's just crossfading and crossfading. <laughs> so good. I was not okay. <laughs> Simone's like, I'm just going to let the engine run out. Well, and I think that's run. also... I think with her and Phaedra, that's why it also works so well is that you have a Simone and Jackie who just are just will just deadpan them and just be like, let her run out. Like it's like right. <laughs> or Jackie at the funeral being like, you could have just sent an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so perfect. And also I love I the comedic gold of when they get to Heavenly's house and Heavenly not wanting to open the briefcase and ch- trying to open and then run away was like it like give her give her a fucking like comedy special i would pay to see that like, oh my god she is oh god i love her so much she's such a good natural comedian um we also so also then they have the scene where um toya has simone and sweet tea over for the uh that iv shot um party um i i'm gonna feel bad if we find out that sweet tea can't have children both from a general feel bad state and also be like the fact that like this whole marriage kind of hinges on this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, and that's a huge issue within the black community with black women, like fibroids and things like that. Right. Um, so I, I am going to feel bad just because that's devastating news in the first place. But, and this is going to sound weird, but like, I'm like sweet tea. Do you want, are you sure that you're ready and you want to not because you know, that's what Gregory is expecting because like with our bodies, like it will even like, Oh, it's just, 
And the fact I, that, that's just what I think about, like think about often with her. And yeah. also the fact that she's already expressing things of like feeling overwhelmed and just sort of yes. like the wife duties of the house. Like that, mm-hmm. uh, you, like I'm so thankful that quad never had a kid with him at the, at the end of the day for multitude oh, yeah. of reasons, but also just like that it would have just only exacerbated <clears throat> those problems that already existed. To be fair though, um, on a personal standpoint yes of course i'll feel awful for her because like nobody should have to go through that i think that's Mm -hmm. bullshit um especially with the way that our medical community completely um like sandbags black women Mm -hmm. like it's it's awful um but uh, from the marriage standpoint honestly like girl put in no work and there's no prenup so she will make out like a bandit if That's they end the up getting thing. a divorce i forgot that there's no prenup like oh, yeah so even without a kid she's gonna take him for a lot of money yeah i mean i, I hope she does uh, yes uh, and greg deserves it <laughs> the 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 at the wedding also when she mentions that like yeah my dad was much more cooler with it because like she's he, he saw that like greg had his own practice and then compared it to like selling your you know selling a cow for like money and stuff oh like, i'm god. like oh god if, but i mean if that's the mentality then and you know what you're getting into ma'am it's 2023 there's no dowry like that's not how this <laughs> works oh, anymore god. No, really. But I, I, as long as it's as long as she's not genuinely falling for this man, like, like, as, if there's an understanding of like what she that there's a monetary gain out of this in the front of her mind, then at that point, get your bag, girl. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm all for taking advantage of stupid rich men. As long as she's not okay. gonna Ashley Darby yet, right? Where she, uh, where, it, where the end result is like, oh, you actually liked him? Oh, that's worse. well, that's because she signed a prenup <laughs> that was dumb. Sure. <laughs> Oh God! I listen. <laughs> I, Ashley Darby. I don't know what the actual fuck <laughs> went on through that girl's mind. Like you me know, and I talk about this often, often. Where I and I'm just like my one friend thinks that she is super smart and she's doing like what this yeah. was her plan all along was like never divorce him, but like be like not have him involved. Where? That's not a long game. Where like, is the smartness in the room with us right now? <laughs> I don't I it's nothing I would ever do. Like the whole point of like the the like quote unquote locking him down with like the two kids or whatever is that you don't ever have to see him again. And exactly. The the the, the tethering that he has to that house right now he is, has a key to her house. Yeah. His home. His home jail. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. That was the biggest mindfuck of Potomac. That just the fact that like, oh no, she actually like cared for him at the end of the day and it wasn't some long con. It's like, my God. Like also the fact that he can just come over with an hour's notice. Um, ma'am, I'm gonna need you to go through lawyers and give me at least twenty four hour notice. You're not coming over here with an hour notice. No. What? No. It's such a mess. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> What's an hour? Especially in D.C. Especially if you getting it in at that point. Like, you may right. not be oh done in an hour. Yeah. Uh, the, the, oh, my God. The read that uh, when Phaedra, we, we, we finally get to the funeral home and just the, the, <laughs> the camp of all of that, that fucking speech that Phaedra gives where she just, the, you know, we're in a group where we share our expertise. Everyone here is very intelligent. We got teeth, vaginas tennis expert i was like <laughs> i screamed it's I so screamed. good oh I, like i was like girl what 
tennis actor. I'm sorry. I will always laugh when they throw that shade at Toya. Yeah. As much as I, I definitely, I'm definitely maybe a little more team Toya uh, than you might be, but I, the, 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 like shade her on the houses. Cause that, I, I can't even defend Toya on that. Like that's crazy. It's I'm, so ridiculous. It's, it's insane. Even Eugene can't no defend sense. her on that. Yeah. And, and, but yeah, it's like, I, I, I sometimes Toya brings it on herself in many oh, ways. Yeah. Also, if we want to talk about saints, saint husbands on bravo eugene oh my god he's the best i think i i i think we i think he's the best house husband i think i think you know mauricio it's it's kind of been a long you know it's been more for a lengthy like thing that people say that but like Uh, when we're actually analyzing it it's really eugene well but a lot Uh, of people under credit married to medicine it's not even on their radar which i don't understand because it's been fire every season yeah so, I want to say this. I've never thought that Mauricio was a great house husband. He's attractive. That's a, that, that, that's a good point. There is a difference. But I don't, I, I've never been a fan of Mauricio. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, this is going to sound because like this actually has nothing to do with housewives or anything like that. But I just think that Mauricio is very like grimy and snaky because the whole like thing where him and the first one of the first times Kathy and Kyle didn't talk for the longest time was because of him. Right. I hope we're he, finally going to get into that this season. We're never going to get into it. And like, it's so fucking annoying because Kyle will sit there all day. So spoon the face it. They'll be like, I just, I need to be okay with my sisters and I don't want anybody to get involved. And then as soon as she can, she yells at Sutton and is like, yeah, oh, but you couldn't say that that day. Like, girl, what is it? Do you want us to take up for you? You want to say your, you and your sister's mess or no? Right. Also, Not, oh, um, oh my God, I can't stand that lady. Also, <laughs> I clocked that thing that she was talking about where she should have brought it up at the reunion happened mm-hmm. at Bravo Can- Con last year, a month after the reunion was taped. That's mm-hmm. why it didn't come up at the reunion. It hadn't happened yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah! Reunion was taped in September of 2022. BravoCon was mid-October. Oh, yeah. You need to send that as a question to Andy. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, trust. (laughs) Because... Yeah, you know what? You know what pisses me off about Kyle, too, is I feel like she's so protected by production. Because, like, Yep. That why would you guys put that clip in there? Right. Like y'all know and, before anybody else what those dates are. Exactly. Like why wouldn't you like and why wouldn't you like take it as a chance to be shady like you are to everybody else and be like BravoCon a month after? And there's so many like there's so many hypocrisies this season in terms of the way that she's like presenting like what they can and cannot talk about it as opposed oh, to yeah. past seasons. And it's like I would love that presented. Like I think it's only until we kind of like as a fan base like have to force them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I think and I'm it's going to be interesting to see. I know Andy was super irritated with her last seat, last reunion. Mm. <laughs> With the like not cheersing and like, can I get up and go? Can I go? Like, I remember him saying like he was very irritated. He was like, that wasn't cool. And she was like, I'm sorry, Andy, like, blah, blah. I'm interested to see how she's going to act this season and if he like actually holds her feet to the fire. Yeah. I would hope so, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. I think, well, I think she's going to be on her P's and Q's because did you watch uh, her on Monta Happens Live with? 
fucking yes. Teddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, said, he sat down and he said, you know, I'm not going to go easy on you. And she was like, I figure not. And <laughs> like he, he hit her with a rapid fire questions. Now, I don't know if she got those questions before. You know what I mean? Right. And it's going to be different because she's got Teddy with her, her, her protector and security blanket in her voice box <laughs> versus when at the reunion, when she has, has to face all the ladies. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I I'm hopeful, but I, I I don't think I can fully get my hopes up. Um, yeah, and you know what also made me want to launch my TV out the fucking window is her being all yuck yuck yummy on with that fucking Anne Marie lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 we'll get to it on our, on our next episode when we talk about Beverly Hills. But I do want to point that out. Like, I think the Anne Marie problem too, at least in these first two episodes, is like she she's falling into that diana trap where it's like it's so not as bad as diana but it was it's so obvious that she is brought on to assist kyle yeah Mm -hmm. in the same way that she was clearly brought on to assist rena last season like like that like you can't you we have to get to know you and get to like get some sense of you outside of that before and then you can you know do your tricks or whatever but like it's you when you're starting off on that foot it's never a good sign yeah, and she's just extremely. Her and her husband are transphobic, and that as well. <laughs> and well, you know the, the allegations that arose from him, and then she posts disgusting, stupid ass. Oh yeah, like, I forgot about that. Cute. I forgot about like, that. Like, have some fucking cooth. I don't like. Even if I were gonna, if that happened, first of all, no, I'm sorry. If, I say this all the time. If there were allegations about my husband, like came out i'm still leaving you because that says that you were even if you did not commit that act you were in a position that you should not have been right so that's how i see that one two two have some fucking coots like your husband's being accused of something very heinous and you want to write on an instagram caption like all good over here in the whatever their last name is camp like haters gonna hate are you sick it's like you're going the extra mile, and it's, are you dumb? Yeah, like oh, I hate her. I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. I do. Um, I will say so. Also with the with the funeral, I know I got to point out because you were Merlin. I know you were very disappointed that Mariah wasn't in the casket. I know that was yes. like the biggest like. <laughs> I, and I was like the whole time. I'm like I know it's gonna be quiet. I I, <laughs> like, I love Mariah. Um, I would rather see her next season on Atlanta. Yeah. Like put her on Atlanta because I think she would help revive that cast. Yeah. Um, also, now that I'm thinking about it, you know full well that you can't have one show that has Mariah and Quad and Phaedra and Heavenly all no, going at each other at no. the same time. The world would implode. <laughs> I, you know what I say all the time. Pressure, watch this, motherfucker! Oh, it's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite <laughs> fucking clapbacks. My mom and I were driving down the street, and like we were just like looking out the window at the houses and stuff. And uh, my mom was like, mm, "That house is dirty." She was like, "Oh my god!" And I, in my head, I was like, "They need to pressure watch that motherfucker." Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think from me with Mariah, it's that, and then it's the when she calls Simone the Easter Bunny. With the, with her teeth and that whole fight at that reunion between her and Heavenly about <laughs> oh and then, do you want the receipts oh it's so good she has so many moments my my favorite is always going to be 
you're not even married to medicine. Med- <laughs> I my, just uh, was it wasn't it you're not even married to medicine, my love. Or my beloved. Yes. <laughs> she said like a beloved or something after oh my god. Yes, so. She's one of those ones where it's like what like when you watch for at least in my view, I'm I I'm on the opposite side of her and almost every issue but mm-hmm. i still cannot deny that she is iconic as hell oh 100 100 percent. yeah it's amazing um they so when they also also when they when um they sit and have like food or whatever after the the whole funeral procession uh resurrection service the, the way that quad and toya were getting into it and how they all like the fact that toya had literally grabbed quad's wrist at that one point when the finger was in her face oh, i was oh. like I feel like we haven't gotten I, as much as I don't, you know, you know we, there shouldn't be physical violence, but like, right. Th- the fact that it feels like we haven't gotten that close in a long time. And we got shows. that close twice this episode. Right. Oh, because Sweet Tea and Heavenly. Sweet Tea and Heavenly was almost there. Yeah. It well, was, listen, the ladies of Married to Medicine are not shy of a fight. I always say Toya Bush Harris can never come into my home. <laughs> oh, oh that fight the first into... season but the first season guns. last season she got into a fight a physical fight with um oh oh, uh, oh yes 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 oh my god i forgot her one name. and done what was her name oh geez oh the pre- she was pregnant and or not pregnant at the time but they um, found out they got pregnant yeah 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 oh god what was her name i can't even remember i don't i don't, I don't know because at first i thought she was good on the show then she lost me the one, the 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 fight at the Christmas party at Crod's house, mm-hmm. where um, the first season, no, last, oh, last no, season, last oh, season. oh, oh, um, not Anila, no, she, no. Um, but it was the girl that was like that was almost like trying to come up with Anila, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, God, I, can't I can't remember her I'm name. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rack my brain. <laughs> she was useless anyway. Yeah. She was. She was. I thought she had some some promise, but. Yeah, it um, yeah. So, and it'll be interesting to see sort of how the whole well, and also you pointed out that uh, the quad like posted like some Instagram comment like uh, replying to a fan about like seeing her the rest of the season. She was like, "You got me for like two more episodes," and I'm like, "Oh mm-hmm. God, what happens?" Like, I, I'm fascinated by that. I mean, it was already weird in terms of the fact that she wasn't signed on in the beginning, and then she decided to come. Oh on. yeah. So, I'm I'm wondering what shakes out with that because. I feel like it's I, I, I don't want to see Quad go. Um, but I also I I there's all this talk also with the ladies as well of sort of and Heavenly kinda hits on it where it's like or it was either Heavenly or somebody else. Maybe it was oh no no, no it was Simone actually about like do you do you view us on an equal level? Like she yes. she brought up mm-hmm. that idea because there's that whole the whole thing of like when Quad got like sister circle and she got her own sort of like other right. friend group, it's like we're left yeah. to the wayside. So I, I can understand that they get frustrated. That well, and she's always she's always had that like I I'm holier than thou kind of attitude, and right. the way that she's overly dramatic and like um it's it's very looking down my nose. Um, and even if that's not how she feels, I can understand how you can get that from her. Yeah. Yeah, I love Miss Quad. She got it. She got it. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I actually think that since Quad and Gregory broke up, I think that it's just like an overcompensation because she yeah. is no longer married to medicine. And it was kind of one of those things is when she came into the group, her and Greg, they were newly married when mm-hmm. the show first started. Right. She was brought in. Or were they married yet? 
No, I think they had just gotten married. Yeah, yeah, they had just gotten married like two seconds ago. So when she first came in, they were already kind of like, oh, who is this? She's new married to medicine. It was, she was, she's ghetto. She's this. Like, this isn't how doctors' wives are supposed to act. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when she divorced the medicine and they kind of, when that happened, it made her on top of everything that went into that divorce and the abuse and everything that she went through with him. I think it's just like an overcompensation because not only is she no longer actually married to medicine? The women have always kind of said these, you know, things about her that I do think that she takes a little bit more personally than she would lead on. Yeah, that's true. Well, and the fact that they've stayed connected with Greg, like yeah. that just was... It, that that's... Needs to, that, that's one thing that needs to be addressed at the reunion because there is sort of a downplaying, I would say, of like what happened in that relationship. And like, yeah, and that's what's honestly irritating me with all the like, oh, Greg upgraded. Oh, Greg should be scared to get married again, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just showing the internal, again, internalized misogyny yeah. in our community of like, oh, that, you know, that instant, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. She brought out, she brought that out in him. If a man is going to put his hands on you, it doesn't matter who you are. Right. Also, she brought that out in him. Then why is it still coming out in him this season exactly. with Sweet Tea? Right. Exactly. And and th- I hope that gets touched on. I re- I I really do. I, particularly with the men in the group, like you know, because I I that's also a lot of the source. I think of where it's coming from in certain regards. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was married to medicine. We love us some married to medicine. So really, really loving this season. And we really love that you were on with us, Cell. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you for having me. We're gonna have you on for our tops and bottoms segment as well. But before we do that, I want to make sure that uh, everyone can follow you uh, across social media and follow your podcast so where can they find you yeah of course my podcast is who asked me podcast you can find that on spotify apple wherever you get your podcast um my social media tiktok is who asked zell uh instagram is who asked me podcast and then my youtube is just zell brooks um i'm like kind of transitioning that into like more deep dive content like so longer form mm-hmm. um and i'm currently working on a deep dive of potomac of where it went Stop. And and your content already is so good. Like we, I I, I always look forward to uh, when when you're recapping on on there because it's it's always on point. It's really good. Oh, stuff. thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's get into these tops and bottoms for the week. Um, we've got a lot of shows to talk about. All the stuff on Dra- uh, Bravo. We've got Drag Race. We got Dancing with the Stars. Hoville, as we love to call it here on the pod. Uh, House <laughs> That's of the Villains. official abbreviation for House of Villains. <laughs> At least as far as we're concerned. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's ha- uh, see what you think. So what are you, what are you thinking? Um, okay, so my tops. Um, my top is going to be... Who did I just say my top is? <laughs> I believe I know you were saying very like you were very high on Meredith Marks this week. Meredith Marks. I was just gonna say <laughs> Meredith Marks. I, I was between Meredith Marks and Heavenly. So Meredith Marks because I too have been dehydrated on a plane. <laughs> and it feels like death. And whatever you need, you should get Especially if that it's that accessible. Why no one gave Meredith their bathtub is crazy to me, especially if they didn't care about it. So my my top is going to go to my queen, Meredith Marks. Like, she was cold, she was dehydrated, and she still got up and cleared a bitch. Okay. Yes. 
And you okay. and I had a fun back and forth on Twitter about that. Uh, who? Uh, you and I did. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so she is going to be my top. It's so I used to I used to hate Meredith once. I love her. <laughs> this is her, be- her this is her best season. It really is. Um, and then my bottom is gonna go to Kyle fucking Richards. Yeah, that's fair. Over it, over it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Enough it's, she's the worst. I'm, <laughs> I'm like I, you know, you guys know. I talked to you before we started recording for like fucking fifteen minutes. I, I'm so done with this fucking woman. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna say I am gonna say one fucking thing about her. She nasty work that she's doing. She can argue with Sutton all she wants to, but as somebody who herself who has told us that she has suffered from an eating disorder, yeah. to throw it in Sutton's face the way she does and then stand ten toes down on it, I think is fucking disgusting. She did this she literally kind of did like tried to hijack crystals like conversation around her eating disorder yep. last mm-hmm. season and she's 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 doing it again it's just fucking ridiculous to me the worst absolute worst <laughs> like I, uh, yeah i'm i'm over kyle i goodbye she's needed to be checked like yesterday <laughs> she she would have gotten cussed out in her own home if i were uh sutton oh for sure period, kidding. period. Oh. I'm not kidding. I would have cussed her out in her own fucking kitchen. <laughs> so good. Like the way the way she comes at something too. I don't know what it is. It's like her mannerisms. I think maybe it's because I'm a black girly that grew up in the suburbs. Like there's a certain attitude like white women will get with you, and I'll be like, I will turn this shit the fuck out. So you yeah. need to watch yourself. I. I will. I, I we'll talk about it too a little bit later. But like Sutton, I think at a certain point just there was a sense that I appreciated where she just kind of was like giving up, not giving up, but was just like, I'm just going to like that. The, the sister comment was just a result of just like, if we're going to go, we're going to go to a certain right. extent. I don't take, I don't take anything that you're saying seriously at this point. Mm-hmm. It's so, exactly. Yeah. So okay, I don't, I can't remember who I'm passing it to. Uh, then that'll be me. Yay. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so uh, I'll give you my t- uh, top uh, first and I'll say uh, it's going to be Bobby lights over on house of villains who I thought had one of the best episodes this oh, yeah. week in terms of, again, f- finally tapping to that chaotic energy that we didn't really see in terms of like direct gameplay for like most of the season. He kind of was just like off in the background doing weird shit for the most part. But like now when he's like, once you gave him a little bit of power, like he actually like made for a really entertaining episode. Mm-hmm. He, he, the way he manufactured that twist in the end was so fucking good. And yeah, I really, really gave him credit uh, because as someone who didn't know much about him outside, like the, outside of the series, like he really, really impressed me um so and i'm gonna give my bottom i'm gonna give it to the production on dancing with the stars that we kind of talked about like the way they did not produce that finale i think properly just from a real production standpoint it, it is not fair to sort of like give us 12 weeks of content where we get invested in these people and then just that minute portion where like we announce the winner as credits are rolling and there's no like sort of satisfying like sort of like conclusion to it all yeah i i I was really frustrated with that on a production end it's like and also you've been doing it for 32 seasons like there's no excuse at this point yeah right it's so weird so so weird what about you babe what are your tops and bottoms um i'm gonna do my bottom first because you know i like to end on a high note so um my bottom is going to be production again but over on um canada's drag race i don't know what they're doing over there but they are dropping the ball 
uh, it's not entertaining. The no. girls are not entertaining. Like the challenges are not giving. The looks are fine. The looks are the best part. The looks are the only redeemable aspect of this season of Canada's Drag Race. And I just, I, I just, I don't know what you're doing wrong. I don't, I don't, I, I know what we see that is bad, but like, what are you doing on the back end that is delivering this? It's just not, it's not the iconic show that I have seen the last few seasons, you yeah. know? Um, you've done so much better in the past, and then this is just a complete and utter flop. <laughs> I'm not, not having it, not here for it. Um, my top for the week, though, is going to go to our lovely girly Ariana. Um, not because of yes. Dancing with the Stars and finishing third place, although that was phenomenal. Amazing job again for that. Not for her new book also coming out this, I hear this past Tuesday um, that doesn't have Tom Scum Duvall's name on it. Um, um, you know, and her just really moving forward from all of that bullshit and the lightness you see in her now. Um, but really the top of the week is going to be for landing the role of Roxy Hart on Broadway um, in the, the new uh, production of Chicago that's going to be opening up, I think, in uh, March is when her, she starts. Uh, starts in January. Starts in, in January, March. ends in March. So she's going to do an eight-week run there, and I am so excited for that. And We I literally really, were at one point like, should we go to New York? It's like, not that far. <laughs> like, it's no, not that like, far like, from Pittsburgh. I just, I just want to say, like... Everybody that's so mad, and I've been saying this for a while now, yes. everybody that's, like, so mad that she's getting these opportunities, I am just so confused because do you do people want her to turn things down because they're tired of seeing her? It's so like, crazy. We live in this world of, like, fuck the haters, but when it comes to Ariana, they're like, well, no, listen to your haters. One, two. I think one thing that's important to remember is with even with like a, a lot of the other Vanderpump Rules people, all of those people were a, a aspiring something, singers, actors, right. things like that. They all, and I know that Ariana never let go of that. And I right. do know that she, like, she'd been wanting to, I mean, they told us pretty much. Like when Tom was trying to spin the narrative of like, she said she'll leave the show. The only reason, reason ariana was still on that show is because she was with tom yeah right she, she does not want to be on that show anymore and that has showed i love her but it showed like i could tell she was always like okay what is next like what what are we going to do from here yeah and i love that like she got rid of that man and her her like her career has floundered she studied theater yeah she yeah. studied theater so and I think I saw someone be like, tweet something to the effect of like, if she, like, if next season is her last season, it would be perfectly warm. That was so. Oh, was that you? Yeah, it was you. I, I, I can't. Re I remember tweets, and then I can never remember who said. <laughs> I'm really oh, yeah, bad at that. I'm not gonna lie. I, I want it to be her last season. Yeah. Because honestly, she deserves so much more than that show can give her. The show has gotten her to the point where she is known, and now she needs to take that notoriety and run with it. Yeah. She's got oh, this. She does, and she, you know, because at some point, at a certain point, it was starting to hold her back. Tom yes. was holding her back. And like she, you know, I'm a Love Island fanatic. And she, they had her guest host for like two or three episodes. And I was like, 
holy shit, she's I'm, like I yeah. don't have a problem with the original host. She's she's great, Sarah Highland. But I was like, Ariana's like better at this than Sarah. She's got <laughs> a she's got like, a great star presence. Give her a show. Can I can I also do a side rant off of that? Because now I'm now I'm also heated. <laughs> yeah. to, to what? Because you were so right, Sal, about like the people being like, why is, why is Ariana still? you know harping on this is so ridiculous and 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 stupid can i also say in in turn with those same people uh as somebody who has i've not and i will not listen i'll I'll maybe listen to clips but have been seeing some quotes already from that schwartz and sandoval on the two t's in a pod and seeing quotes from it already today four irritating people i might i just want i just want those people to to, i want to ask those people who are saying like it's been a year he cheated move on stop you know you know whatever i i need to ask those people am i allowed to just not like him like like am i allowed to just like not like this person irrespective of the fact that the the what the statue of limitations of when the cheating happened has you know reached a certain point i'm allowed to just not think he's a good person and much like Sel always says that doesn't mean i don't think he doesn't need to be on television like i I don't want to look at it but i'm like (laughs) but like the way he is still talking at this point and 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 uh, and not just about Ariana, but some of the stuff he's like been saying in that interview about like Rachel and stuff like that, who, you know, uh, you know, thoughts on her aside, like he is so contemptible and people are allowed to still think that he is contemptible. Right. Like it's here's, here's the thing. Tom Sandoval has always been so fucking cringy. Yeah. So fucking annoying, but Tom's stock rose because of Ariana. 1000%. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't think her stock plummeted because of him, but he but he did hold her back. He held her back because he was that is an example of a man that was so goddamn jealous of his partner. Yeah. He was so goddamn jealous of Ariana. It's and I always knew that. I could always see that, like especially when they would argue and things like that, but like he Tom Sandoval knows that he needs to stick to the gimmick of like being the character that is Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump Rules, or he has nothing. Right, like at, or at he the, has nothing. At the end of the day, Ariana is booking movies and TV shows and uh, Broadway, you know, runs, and this man is booking the back room at a dingy little uh, karaoke bar. Literally. Ain't nobody give a fuck about him. No one. He can crawl under a rock and stay there, and nobody yep. would bat an eye. Yep. At the end of the day, if Ariana disappears, that will be a loss to the entire world. Exactly. And you know what? I I was so curious because the, the guy she's dating, he lives in New York. Yeah. And I was like, that's so interesting. But Ariana used to live in New York. And I was, I just like was picking up on all these like hints. I was like, she's that guy who like lives across the fucking country. I was like, is she going to New York? I knew something was about to happen. Like I knew that she, I, I, okay. I didn't know. I had a feeling that (laughs) something was about to happen. I was like, something like something's about to happen. Maybe she already knew back then about, about Chicago. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. Mm, That is. or, Or like she had plans. I do think that she had plans to like move, start moving on regardless. I think that no matter whether or not um, Broadway happened, I do think that this was going to be her, this upcoming scene was going to be her last season. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. 
Well, it'll be a loss for us Vanderpump Rules fans, but a gain for Ariana. And honestly, I am so happy to see it. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.